Welcome. Welcome. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. Evening and good evening. This is the work with Mike, Pete, and Steve. GovsRadio.com. We are live here at the biggest and the baddest comedy club in all of Long Island. Governor's Comedy Club in the heart of Levittown and in the heart of where they take sand out of a giant uh, uh, like shed and spread it throughout Nassau County. And it's fantastic to see tonight in the snowstorm. Thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, we are live here with uh, some very special guests for you tonight. But before we get to them, we have some sponsors. Steven? Take it away with Rosie's Draft Solutions, please. Yes, Rosie's Draft Solutions is a Long Island family-owned business that provides professional draft beer system services, line cleanings and maintenance, draft beer line system installs, event dispensing solutions, and more. They are passionate about craft beer and making sure that it has the same quality as when it left the brewery, and that's only done by making sure those draft lines are perfectly clean. Clean it tight. Rosie services bars, restaurants, halls, events, and all other beverage establishments, including home kegerator installs across Long Island and Westchester. You can reach them at rosiesdraftsolutions at gmail.com or call them at 631-219-2075, Monday through Sunday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mm. Mention to work. Yep. Get, um, I think you get a... Yeah, bikini waxing. Bikini, now it's no, 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 no. You get a discount. Yeah, you get a discount. So go to uh, rosiesdraftsolutions.com or follow the link in our link tree. Rosie's Draft Solutions. Give Nick a call. Tell him the word sent you and receive a percentage off your service or your order of anything from Rosie's Draft Solutions. Thank you very much, Nick and Dad, for being a sponsor yes. of the show. Small business, Long Island-based. Love them. Uh, tonight, we are also sponsored by Beer Maker. Beer Maker. B-E-E-R-M-K-R for your uh, at-home automated tabletop brewing system. All grain, uh, kits available, fantastic little thing if you want to start a brewing instead of going out and getting the uh, Mr. Beery kit from... Uh, <laughs> From Bed Bath and Beyond, or wherever or, they used or to sell. buying five thousand dollars worth of equipment, right? For, right. Well, I mean, is yeah, it, you can use your middle shed or somewhere. your garage. All right, or, for five hundred dollars, using the work code, you can get your own uh, tabletop brewing system automated all with grains. an app that you all grain system that you can now monitor with your phone. Uh, add fresh hops, cryo hops, do your adjuncting, everything all within the system. Go to B E E R M K R and order yours today, and type in promo code the Wart for the your Wart. percentage off your beer maker. 
Tonight we are also sponsored by Brew Bag for your beer pong cornhole. Brew Bag for your outdoor beautiful beer pong cornhole. That's right. You're playing cornhole. You're playing beer pong all at the same time. I, I looked at mine in the shed today. Yeah, so I, it's like, I, I stared at it for you for today. Few, yeah, baby. I said not today, babes. <laughs> no, today's not that day. But maybe uh, coming up soon. I heard 50 ah. degrees uh, coming up towards the end of the week, so maybe we uh, bust wait. it out for I a little bit. Go to brewbag.com or, again, go to your link tree in our Instagram bio and go to our private special purchasing page for your brew bag. You can also get them professionally, vinyly wrapped with your logo for businesses and breweries all across the state and or the country. Go to brewbag.com. And tonight we're also sponsored by Brewers Hardware. Brewers Hardware. Will, thanks very much, man, for sending uh, this year's care package. We gave uh, one of the gift certificates out to our guests tonight. Uh, Hopefully they'll they'll buy, you know, uh, maybe some... uh, Lots of tri-clamps. Tri-clamps. So many tri-clamps. Jack's going to love the tri-clamp collection that he's going to amass from Brewers Hardware. Uh, go to Brewers Hardware and get uh, everything you need for your small batch or large capacity needs. Go to BrewersHardware.com or again, follow the link in our link tree of the bio of our Instagram and get your brewing equipment today. And speaking of today, we are joined by the gentleman from Somerset in West Hempstead. And thank you, gentlemen, very much for uh, through the storm, joining us for uh, a fantastic time in the uh, in the studio tonight and bringing a, a shit ton of beer is the words <laughs> I would use for that. And uh, we're going to have a great time. So they're, thanks you very much for uh, They've already in. touched my heart because immediately, <laughs> immediately. Lager filled your glass. Bro, they, they immediately. <laughs> How long, you know, some breweries, we, I know. They, we have to like kind of coax them they're into like, pouring. Hey, you know, anytime you guys want to open a beer. These guys were like. Asses didn't hit the put, seats before there was beer like, in the cup. They like put the goddamn glass down. I we're do appreciate it. that. For Love anyone listening voice. in the Love future, it. we do appreciate beer in the cup immediately. Yeah. Even though we may not drink it immediately, it needs True. to be there because it's the minute I want it. It also kind of breaks up like, you know, we're trying to uh, d- d- get the conversation sure. moving. Yeah. And then we have to stop the conversation for Crack somebody some to drink. Yeah, happens. Happens. Yeah. So, uh, Manny, Tom, and Jack, thanks a lot for joining us, man. Yes, you guys yes. are, uh, thanks a lot for coming out. And um, this is uh, an interesting story we were just talking about before the show. Obviously, everyone has the, the question for you, and the Newsday article or the Village uh, patch and all that other stuff. So I want to hear uh, from your perspective without the, um, let's say, editorializing Exactly how this got started, because you are very, very new in the scene. You guys came out of nowhere, made uh, a little bit of noise in the industry, especially when there wasn't as many breweries opening up. How did this get started? Where the hell did you guys come from? It was like left field to us. We're like, who the, who the shit is this? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Sorry, I get up that high. I, didn't, I usually <laughs> don't that was, that was nice. <laughs> I know, I'm so sorry, first and foremost, thank you guys so much for having us. I'm excited uh, to have us. you on. That's why. Yeah. So um, again, just to introduce, uh, my name's Manny. Yeah. Um, the head brewer next to me is uh, Tom Sullivan. Yeah. He is our brewing apprentice. And then Jack over there, big guy, is uh, is our brewing assistant. So. Yeah. And social media guru. And social media And guru. drummer extraordinary. And, and drummer. We'll say that. We'll put that in there. <laughs> so uh, everyone always, you know, um, so my previous profession, uh, still a profession, I'm a board certified internal medicine physician. That's and, crazy. You want to look at my hernia? <laughs> I need to get it fixed. <laughs> yes. I was saving that for the show, by the way. <laughs> so, hey, what's funny? You always ask me to fix it. I know. I, I know. can't it's, do that. Just pop that in there. Just give yeah. it a good hard donkey just, punch, just, and I'm good to go. Just kick it. I uh, no no I I I I'll give you some of my medical stories later. But I have a pretty long medical history, uh, and so I always like to to mess around with doctors to see what they thought about it. So it'd be interesting to see it. But yeah, board certified medical doctor physician. I am yes. What so? So this brings the question to a lot of people's you know ears is like, why? Why would you then start a, a business with brewing that in in tradition is not the most uh, 
you know, lucrative place. It had to be from passion. You have the money. You, you, you do whatever you want. I mean, to some point, right? I mean, you don't need to do this to make a living. You have a living. So yeah, what? what is it that's going to drive you? What is the thing that's going to push you to be a brewer in this industry? Yeah, for sure. So uh, when I was living on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, uh, just like everyone else, you know, started off on small batches. So started off on five gallons, bring right off of the stovetop. Um, got pretty good at brewing beer, I would say. I turned my second bedroom in Manhattan into a whole <laughs> chemistry brew lab. <laughs> So, well, there's the background, right? You, yes. you have the knowledge of the chemistry. I mean, he could have went, you know, meth lab, you know, <laughs> but he went brewing. He Mr. Whited all day. We, but we, we, yeah, 100% right. Mr. Whited. So. <laughs> oh, God. What was really nice is uh, living on the upper big outdoor balcony. When I had my big outdoor balcony, um, I used to bring all my brewing equipment out there, and I would be brewing outside mm. in Manhattan on a private balcony, right? So, um, Which is totally legal, I right. believe. Right, yeah. Just like you guys said, yeah. I mean, very like you know breaking bad kind of style yeah. uh, i'm very surprised that nobody called the cops and was like hey there's this kid who's cooking meth on the, <laughs> on the balcony well they right? knew it was so. beer they could smell it from a couple of miles away and they're like oh well we're gonna see a brewery open up in town soon so maybe in the uh next two or three blocks we'll have a nice new brewery i wouldn't say anything yeah. i'd, I'd so, appreciate the smell that's for sure so a lot of people um you know to tell someone that you're uh, thoroughly uh enjoy organic chemistry <laughs> It's kind of it's kind of crazy. It's really not right? a line you use at the bar for the women. Yes. Like, hey, lady, eh, I thoroughly enjoy organic <laughs> chemistry. You got to say it like that, though, too. And, and so, like, oh, take me home now. <laughs> there's no doubt about it. Uh, the first thing that I even tell Tom and Jack, who are uh, you know to my left over here, uh, the number one rule of like brewing uh, good beer is that you have to brew bad beer first. Yeah. And so. Uh, there were tons of batches of bad beer that I brewed before I ever got on into the balcony. A hundred percent, there was, <laughs> and I was doing it pretty, um, you know, consistently. So brewing, I tried to brew a, a batch of beer every other weekend. Okay, and so I started about ten years ago. Huh? Um, wow. Got pretty good at brewing beer. Uh, my brother moved into his new house in Garden City. Okay. Uh, when he did that, obviously, I commandeered his garage. <laughs> As he should. Off the balcony into the garage. Um, hesitant to his wife, uh, we we totally outfitted a, uh, a one-barrel system in there. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> swear to God. So we had you know a couple of keysers that were in there. We had about eight taps that were in there, all stainless steel. Uh, fitted with you know uh, a very large three uh, compartment sink and everything. Wow. Uh, water filtration system, all that kind of stuff. Um, insulated the hell out of it. This and, is like home brewer's dream. Yeah, like if I had, could put something in my garage, some of those guys from LIBME have like yes. really outfitted basements. They they know the grind. Fully automated systems. I know too. it's crazy. Yeah. Man. We even had a video game in there. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, see that's well that's then, I mean, downtime. I mean, yeah. So um, you know it was it was kind of crazy. So. There we were brewing beer in my brother's garage, really started getting into the fine tuning uh, of the chemistry and everything. And like, I always believe with brewing beer, if you change one or two variables, then you can kind of get down to the nitty gritty and really try and figure out what changes beer and how it goes Uh. from being an okay beer to being a great beer. And then uh, just really spending the time. It's really the grind of, of really this trial and error to get it to where it needs to be. hundred percent. And that's why uh, with Somerset Brewing, um, you know, our motto is basically sound science, uh, creativity unleashed, meaning that we go in, in depth in chemistry, trying to figure out how to basically modify our beer to get better every single time by changing just one or two variables. Now, what was some of the the downfalls, the pitfalls of those first beers? Was it 
open air of the city? Was it <laughs> the, the city water? Did you account for those types of things? So like what? believe it or not, the city water is actually wonderful. Yeah. So uh, aquifer upstate, right? Or not aquifer? Uh, listen, you get a lot of soft reservoir. water. Reservoir. Yeah. yeah. So you get a lot of soft water, which has you know exactly the calcium, the magnesium, every kind of uh, mm. other kind of uh, you know cation, anion, and I'm not going to bore you guys to death. No, Boris, because uh, this is with, the kind of stuff that it, with I enjoy, and here. he knows about already. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm a nerd at heart. I love the uh, the, the chemistry. When we interviewed a, a few other people. Uh, I don't know if you ever met Ian from uh, North, uh, not North. What am I talking North about? North Fork. Uh, North Fork. Yeah, sorry. I, I was going to go North Park, and I don't know why I was going to go there. It's totally not the right brewery. Um, you know, same thing. He's Stony Brook uh, educated scientist, pretty much, and mm-hmm. he went into some depth. And Microbiologist. We were just, yeah. I was like, wow, that's that's bananas. But the stuff was really interesting. That's yeah, awesome. So I'll, I'll give you guys a quick story really yeah, quick. Right. So um, Tom over here, when the brewery first opened, uh, we just opened up about seven or eight months ago in, uh, in West Hempstead. And uh, Tom kept coming in basically every weekend annoying me just uh you know pulling at my uh hey Manny, hey Manny, hey pulling Manny. at my pant leg trying to just get his his foot in the door and to say the least he got his foot in the door clean and the bathroom <laughs> yeah <laughs> legitimately told me he I'll, would clean the bathroom but but that's see i, I like those i love those stories yeah. because uh my my assistant brewer is now the head brewer for Baconic brewing just because every time I went to a festival, he would show up and go, "Hey, want to try this beer? Hey, and and what do you think of this?" And and every time, every time, and I'm like, "Man, this kid is pers- persistent." But his beers were like actually good too. I'm like, "Yeah, hey, you want to show up one day?" And he was like, yeah. "Everything went crazy for him." He's like, "Yes, I'll do whatever. Like, you don't have to pay me." I'm like. Let's start. Let's start, let's start that, with the beer. That's how you start out, man. No and, doubt. Yeah. So uh, he was super persistent, definitely got the job. But, um, you know, one of the uh, first stories that I like to tell about Tom is, uh, um, you know, Tom. Tom's a smart kid. So he's an electrical engineer who has a, un, uh, you know, a degree in, what is it, robotics, right? Yeah. Really? A master's degree in robotics. That's so. pretty cool. Um well, that'll help with the electrician <laughs> systems in the back. Jeez. No doubt. He's definitely helped out with the, all the electrical components oh, yeah. in the brewery. And, and, and like when that. the fermenters turn into Op- Optimus Prime, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we'll know who did it. <laughs> but the, um, the story that I always tell is that uh, when he first started to assist me with all the brewing and stuff like that, he goes, what are you doing with your water? And I was like, what, you've never actually change the composition of your water to add uh, minerals in it? And he goes, no, because if you have good water, you can make good beer. All it has to do is just I taste good. See, and I, I love hose water, so I, don't, <laughs> I really do. I look for I'll that in the summer. Yeah. Delicious sometimes, and I'm like, ooh. But that, I don't think, would make all that great of a beer. The metallic taste, the tinniness of the, yeah, the, the staleness. Oh, but yeah, you're right. In the end, to us, the water has defined regional beer, right? I mean, you go in the city, that beer has, and no matter where you go, has like a undertone of that city water system come out here it's a little different go jersey we've been to jersey a few times it's a little different uh you know the the grain they're using the address using everything else could be exactly the same two different beers so we always found that the water really does have a significant impact on the overall taste now with the treating of it that could help balance it out you know clear up some you know chemical imbalance but yeah, I mean, that that's what I've always kind of alluded to. If, if you have good water, you have good beer. It's not far off from, uh, maybe not from brewery to brewery in the same region or same area, but definitely brewery to brewery in, in regional. And and does other half brew in D.C.? Yes. So does anyone ever do like a, a taste calculation or have they done that water 
Well, I'm sure they've well, done that. These water. guys, these guys have labs. No, I know, but I'm so, saying like so to, to ba- match what they've been doing in oh sure in Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. definitely, <laughs> definitely. It's freaking other half. Definitely. I got it. I understand. Well, you know, here's the crazy part too. So Manny was saying, you know, we have this soft water that's really conducive to making good beer, mm-hmm. but then you go to Pennsylvania and you have this really hard water mm-hmm. where they really have to treat, but still really good beer comes out of Pennsylvania. Yeah. So it's well, that's you know, what I'm saying. It requires just a little more, you know time and effort sure. to dial in that that water profile yeah, yeah so. for sure and so even uh you know what's nice over here is that when i went really from brewing big batches in my brother's garage uh to um brewing in west Hempstead, it it's pretty close it's yeah, only yeah. it's only like a you know five minute drive so generally speaking when we did all of our water uh, calculations and everything else like that it was very very similar pretty mm. pretty much spot on um maybe a little bit higher of a ph a little bit more calcium but generally speaking very similar water profile so uh, Tom, what have you uh, have been uh, observing as the apprentice so far uh, throughout the days? What, what have you seen uh, now that kind of changed your mind on certain things you might have thought before getting the job at uh, Somerset? I, needless to say, I measure the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I factor that in when I brew my beer now. Every single time. You just got you doing pH tests and stuff like that? Yeah, so I, get, I did a re- uh, water report. Yeah. You submit it to Ward Labs. Okay. And then you get a whole wa- water report, gives you pH, magnesium, calcium, hmm. phosphorus, whatever. And now then the counterbalance, if something's off a little bit, you know what needs to get in there and what needs to change yeah, so to get to that like Gypsum, Epsom yeah. salt. So if you see the way... simple uh, stuff like you get at the grocery store, but it, it, sure. it makes sense. Tom... Um, Tom, Tom is always interesting because uh, there is not a, a, a bad beer in, in Tom's book. He, he loves every beer. That, right? <laughs> so when I first met him, uh, one of the things um, that we were actually We dealing, can't use Tom as a gauge anymore. He's out. He's done. <laughs> I actually had to like almost like uh, train his palate um, to start to detect, you know, off flavors, acetylaldehyde, uh, all these other different types of flavors that you can taste in the beer and yeah. be like, hey, this is an off flavor. This is what we're looking for. This is how we can change it, right? Uh-huh. Which is interesting because Jack over there actually has a great palate. So uh, Jack um, is like our, as our, you know, our sommelier to say the Ooh. least. So. Where'd you get your palate from, sir? <laughs> I don't even know, man. <laughs> Bush light. But you know what? It's, <laughs> no, it's, it's actually some, some, I knew it was some people have that refined palate. They just have palate. it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like when, when Pete's here, he's like, yeah, I don't taste anything. You guys are better than, you know. Yeah. And what, what I was saying, do you, do you think do you attribute it to just the natural talent of discovering that, or do you think it's more of something you've developed and and trained? You thought th- through. He was like, born with it. Yeah. I mean, I might have been, but uh, I don't know. I you could ask man, you could ask Tom. Whenever we drink beers and there's an off flavor, I mean, I just I know. Yeah. Um, he's like, this tastes like. Like, I could compare stuff to, yeah, I don't even know. Like, there was a beer that tastes like Bugles one day. Bugles? <laughs> this, this is a Bugle. Like, uh, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, later later on, later oh on, you God. can tell us what beer that was so we don't drink it. I got you. I love Bugles, though. I love Bugles. They're delicious. Right? Yeah, well, if you're eating them, not like when corn, you're drinking right? it's them. It's corn, corn tortilla chips, kind of baked and Yeah, listen, besides being the marketing guru down there, he's also our, our food guru. So ah. he orders all the food. He gets all the food. Everything basically runs through Jack. So now you, um, you. What's your title at this point, Jack? I don't know. Everything. 
He's jack, he's the jack of all trades. I am. So we are definitely still in small brewery mode. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone here, it's all hands on deck. Okay. It's kind of sharing responsibilities across the board. Yeah, no doubt. So we're trying to brew about, we have a three and a half barrel system where we're trying to brew. We can really pump it out to about four barrels. So we're making about 16 kegs a week at the brewery. Okay. That's a good amount of beer. It's a good amount of for beer. your space, your size, and and right now, can you can you double batch? Can you do you have the ability to really you know what's what's your your limit on really pumping? So we you know, can trying to get stuff out um, because I know in like the spring summer you know things come up, people are coming out. It's going to be a lot. You got a nice outside spot as we saw online. Um, you're going to have to provide enough beer. Are you going to be able to support? Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. uh, we have cold storage space where, where we've already been taking kegs. Okay, and uh, traditional beers like the one. Uh, that you're drinking over there, which is Memphis, which is a lager, mm. where we've already been taking, you know, eight to ten kegs, and we've just been stacking it away. Okay. So we have about uh, for the upcoming spring, we're hoping to stack about a hundred kegs off site, and Jeez. we can bring them when we need. So, um, but yeah, due to our outdoor space yeah, you and everything, I'm just gonna say you have enough beer. Yeah, yeah we so, question um, answered. <laughs> yeah, we were, uh, you know, we we opened up eight months ago. The yeah. reason why. Um, on a lot of our stuff, it says established in uh, 2021, is um, we got all of our permits, everything was good and gravy, but still at that time, COVID was still a deal, yeah. right? Uh, no reason to, to push the, at that point. No reason. Yeah. It also helps that, again, I'm a board-certified internal medicine <laughs> yeah. physician who is grandfathered into acute COVID care right. medicine. Yeah, so, you were um, busy. I was busy. Very busy. Yes. Uh, yeah. so. And which, I guess, kind of all worked out. You mean you kind of had the right timing for it it opened when it opened on the right moment and people are getting out there because you know you didn't fade into the background immediately that like i said it's still on people's minds and people are still posting about it and people are still saying things and and the word of mouth is getting around so yeah definitely like i told you guys before um it's interesting because uh you know bringing a home brewer uh the only thing that i really wanted to do was just uh provide a place for people in the i've always said this I'm 40 years old now, right? Whenever I would come back to Garden City, um, my brother still lives there. My parents still live there. Uh, my older sister lives there, and my sister lives in Queens. That um, whenever I would come back from Manhattan, where I was living, there was never like a, a good place to kind of go grab some beers, where you can bring the dog, bring the kids, and everyone kind of hang out and relax, right? Um, if you guys know Nassau County, in right there in the center. Eastern Queens, Western Nassau County, you have to go all the way down to Barrier, you have to go all the way up up to Garvey's Point, you gotta go all the way out to Suffolk, you gotta go to Queens, Brooklyn to get good beer, right? Um, there's like this dead zone that's sitting right there. Yeah. Uh, where it's like 10 miles of just a radius that there's just nothing, right? Hmm. So um, between me and my brother and my brother-in-law who, who opened up Somerset, um, you know, we were like, all right, what better time to do this than now? So uh, kind of while the whole world was basically standing still for COVID, we, uh, you know, we were getting our hands uh, a little dirty and, uh, you know, building the brewery. So now, how'd you guys come across this space? You know, you're saying like it's the right space, not much around, you know, you, you pretty much kind of distance yourself from anyone else between, you know, the South Shore and things like Barrier or Long Beach, the North Shore, like Oyster Bay, anything like that. You have Lost Farmer in and around Malvern, right? So it's kind of like a dead zone. And nothing in that eastern Queens area either. I mean, there's, you have to go a little further in there to start getting some brewery action. What was the, the draw to this area for the brewery? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, again, I grew up between um, New High Park and Garden City. Okay. And so 
We were looking for a space for quite some time. Uh, I mean, there's got to be a billion spaces out there. You would post-COVID that be surprised. Yeah. Well, I guess you were in the midst of COVID looking for it, right? So yeah, for to... sure. So I've always said this um, with a lot of breweries that I've ever visited. Right? If you go to a brewery, if it's outdoors, mm. uh, if it's outdoors, you'll you'll stay there forever. Right? Beautiful day, uh, picnic uh, benches outside. You'll sit down. You'll have you know not just the lager, not the IPA, but you'll run through a whole bunch of beers oh, and you'll yeah. hang out. Right. Um, and especially if they have food, Jack. Especially if they have food. He knows what he's doing. But if you have an indoor space, it could be beautiful. You'll have a couple beers, a flight, whatever, and then you'll go home, right? Yeah. So, uh, again, we saw the need for something where uh, people between the ages of like 20, you know, 21 to 40 with kids and dogs, that was like uh, what we were trying to do. That's your marketing spot, right? A hundred percent. Our demographic That's in that area. pretty much my demographic. I have kids, I have a dog, <laughs> and I'm, I'm in my 40s. And I want to drink some beer. <laughs> and I want to drink beer all the time. But it, it's interesting, again, growing up. And I, have in, a, and I have a profession that provides me money that I can afford to do that on the regular. And, right? That's, and you know, that's what it is. Jack over here is only 23 years old, and Tom is 30, and, and I'm 40. So, you know, we're, we're crossing all boundaries all, all over here in regards to, to ages. But um, whenever I would come back, I'd, I would always ask my brother and sister, like, where could we go to have a beer? And there was just no place to ever go. Mm. But if you think about it, between New Hyde Park, Stewart Manor, Franklin Square, Garden City, you have mm-hmm. all these places where you have young families, right? Everyone's yeah. in their 30s. Everyone's yeah. in their 40s. Everyone Working has kids. young professionals. 100%. Yeah. And um, we knew that it was like an untapped market. And if you come down to Somerset on a, you know, if it's a beautiful Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, you know, we have a bunch of, of tables outside. Uh, we get different food trucks out there, and then um, yeah, it's just it's just a nice little nice little atmosphere. So. Yeah, the the outdoor space surprised me because initial posts kind of were about inside and what it looked like, and I guess you were very proud of what you constructed a nice, beautiful indoor tap room. And then when I started seeing the posts of the outdoor area, I went, "Holy shit!" In Western Nassau, <laughs> having a nice, beautiful backyard with picnic tables and and uh, umbrellas and stuff like that. It looks phenomenal. You guys did a great job. So that was the, kind of what you're looking for. You wanted that indoor, outdoor, multi-season kind of multi-space area. A hundred percent. So uh, we all know this, right? In the brewing industry, uh, January, February, March is basically like your slow, slow season, and mm. then you build up to it. So um, our outdoor spot, uh, you know, if it's a, again, if it's a beautiful day, bring the dog, bring the kids. Uh, have a couple of beers and eat off the food truck. Yeah, um, fifty degrees is good for me. I could sit outside. <laughs> of that. I'm good with that. Even what's yeah. funny is that you know last weekend it, it touched sixty. Yeah, and yeah. even at sixty we had you know fifty people sitting. Yeah. <laughs> you need the outdoor space. You really do. It's tough to live without. I mean, think about twenty seven A when they first started small indoor space, not much room, and then all of a sudden they bought that land or, or at least you know that negotiated spot, that damn. spot. That means a big difference. That's another let's say. 30, 20 to 30 asses in seats, and we know in the in the restaurant business, every seat has a certain value, sure. right? So when you look sure. at the bar, and it's, you know, like 11 grand a year a seat or something like that, and you look at, and I'm making stuff up, but, you know, you look at the, the tables in the restaurant, and each table means something, and so for breweries, it means even that much more, especially since all your revenue is coming through your tap room. Uh, for you- someone who is not necessarily distributing or doing anything like that just yet to that capacity because you're so new um every seat matters well and you did hit on and after thinking about it after he said it Mm -hmm. i mean how many times have we been in breweries inside Mm -hmm. yeah you stay for a little bit and oh absolutely but unless it's giant when you're outside 
You lose track of time. Yeah. It's, no it's, it's hanging out Listen, and it's good. In, in and the heat of the summer, again, we only opened up about eight months ago. But there would be times, you know, we'd open up on a Sunday at 12 o'clock. I'd look up and people would still be there. It's 8 yeah. p.m. I'd see I'd see the same people that were sitting their asses down at twelve. The best the <laughs> best feeling is I was like, listen, buddy, go home, uh, put, your, put your kids to sleep. You know, uh, no, the best one is when it's late at night and they're still hanging out, and you're like, I'm sorry, we're closing. You're gonna have to go, but they want to stay. That's such a great feeling because one, you know, they're enjoying your beer. Enjoying the atmosphere, and they're now they're going to be telling everybody else, "You got to come hang out." Dude, I was there for like ten hours. Yeah, you got to come and hang out. Yeah, it really does make a sense with the word of mouth for sure. Um, So you guys uh, found this space. What were the kind of um, town? Uh, experiences like like what'd you have to go through to so get it, this thing finalized because what was there what was prior to there being in the space so in in our brew house area it used to be a uh, a truck auto mechanic kind of place oh, God. and on the other space believe it or not it used to be an ebay seller uh <laughs> Where he you found know. some collectibles in the walls, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he just used to sell anything. And, and what's funny is, um, make a very long story short, uh, my brother's uh, really good friend, his his wife was the guy who used to sell the stuff in there. So, oh, um, it's so like they, they turned you on to that space, or so at least mentioned it. Right? My brother actually just happened to be driving by. So, if you guys are ever in West Hempstead, it's actually very tucked away, but it's off of a very busy road. So, Cherry Valley mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. used as like a cut through kind of road for people to go north and south to get off of Hempstead Turnpike when it gets like crazy, right? On the way to the Islander game. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much is where the, I'm trying to get the hell out of there somehow to get off that. Uh. Yeah, for sure. But, um, you know what's great about our our little our little brewery is it, it's definitely tucked away, and we have a ton of parking that's back there, and we're also kind of hidden. So, um, you know, off of the main street, uh, we put some signs that are sitting out there. You you can't really see us, but um, it's nice because when you find out where we are, then you then you know where we're at. You're in the know. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know where that's at. Um, and, and was the cleanup much? You know, from the auto shop. I mean, I would assume there would be some sort of like not oil and grease. Right, I was going to say ground pollution. I'm trying to think of a nicer way to say oh, it. It was an absolute disaster. <laughs> so, the the interesting thing, and now I know this. Uh, Did they have lifts there you had to remove? <laughs> no, no okay. lifts. All right, Because um, those things are tough, to, especially the ones that are the from the uh, yep. pressure on the hydraulics underneath. Yep. So That's a tough one, though. I've never owned my own business before, right? Um, I mean, what do I know about running a brewery? I'm a doctor, right? So. <laughs> Uh, and that's why it's so funny because it's just such a far cry from what anyone would do. But you have, the, like we said, the passion for it. But the interesting thing is that when we, when whenever you get into one of these spaces, right, you have to get into a lease because unless you have five million dollars lying around, you, you have to buy the whole building, yeah. Yeah. right? So we're connected to about two or three other businesses. Uh, the guy right next door to us does uh, like fire alarms and security kind of stuff, and okay. then the two other businesses are in construction. Okay. So what's really nice about that is that past Friday, three p.m., we are the only game in town back there. Meaning, right. like the whole thing just opens up. So you know, if you want the kids playing in the in the parking lot, the kids can go play. You know, and and not we, have to worry about it too much. The construction is, vehicles moving in and out. There is like no that. there is no kind of traffic going through, hmm. and so. Um, but going back to the commercial kind of real estate and everything is that when you get one of these places, unless you're you know filthy rich, you can never buy one of these places, mm-hmm. right? Especially so, in Nassau County. So here we have uh, a clicking, 
basically like a, a ticking clock on five years, right? Mm. So you have to build out your whole space. You have to outfit it, right? So here I am um, jackhammering through concrete <laughs> to lay plumbing yep. for the, you know, the drainage system for uh, the brew house. And um, that was probably the craziest thing that I've done for the brewery. I mean, jackhammering through two feet of concrete oh, to, uh, you know, lay some pipe. So. Now, was there, uh, like I said, any a pushback in getting everything approved from the town? How is that? Is it West is town of Hempstead, I would assume, right? So uh, were they at all, you know, like hard to get around? So or? the town of Hempstead, to get a hold of anyone during COVID? <laughs> oh, God. All right. That's true. Yeah. I didn't think about it that way either. It was the most impossible thing on the planet. Huh. Yeah. You go to their houses, ring doorbells, yeah. like, hey. It was. Hi, Maria. I was, I was showing up. It, it's interesting, right? Because during that time, nothing was open. So you go to the building's apartment, you knock on the door, you can't get in. Yeah. You call, nobody's answering the phone because nobody's inside the building. <laughs> you email them and- No one's answering those. And, and nobody's answering, right? Yeah. So uh, for lack of a better term, really through, uh, you know, we opened, we, we, we broke ground in January of 2020 with the hope of opening up in the summer of 2021. Mm. Uh, obviously due to COVID, that, yeah, yeah. that whole thing was next, right? It, yeah. was, it was pushed back a good year. So did they um, extend the lease for you at that point? So we asked them to, and they yeah. did. Okay, yeah. that was good. Um, it was good, but you still had to pay the lease. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. You still owe it for it, but at least you don't have yes. to worry about that time expiring. And because you lost so much time, now you're only into like three years of the business before you actually can do anything with it. Totally agree with you. Yeah, that's um, tough. Yeah, so that's that's also the interesting thing is after outfitting. Uh, an eBay store and a auto mechanic into a brewery, you know, we put in a brand new bathroom, we put in a brand new front door, mm. we put in all this kind of new stuff, we laid all new tile and stuff like that. And, you know, after five years, like, you're you're not walking away with that, yeah, right? Like, yeah. uh, I'm not just going to leave it all there. I'm pulling that tile. It's coming with me. Let's 100%. Go. <laughs> so what happens at five years? We throw a massive rager in there and yeah. Jack and Tom start start breaking everything. And that, so, that toilet's coming to my house. Tom, you're going to grab the tub, you're going to grab the drop sinks. Let's go. Yeah, it's it's that's something people don't consider. Like you get into a lease and you do all this work to it, and then you leave it behind. One hundred percent. And like you and, and you have to make it look nice, right? Like right. We're not gonna like put in a shoddy bathroom just to like, <laughs> yeah. like it shouldn't look like. Um, uh, what's the bathroom in New York City? It's just uh, oh god, I'm trying to think of that bar. No, uh, Blind Tiger. The bathroom in Blind Tiger is just uh, uh, no. The one that was worse was. Um, yeah, yeah, since closed. Uh, what the hell was it? Proletariat? No, they're or at, the other one. The, um, no, it's Jimmy's 43. Oh. Long gone. Well, and my wife was terrified of the bathroom. <laughs> terrified of it. Yeah, but probably because they didn't really get out of there. Oh, like just trash so it or whatever. So but that's, uh, yeah, people don't really, you know, consider, okay, I'm going to do all this work and I'm going to leave all that pipe behind. I paid for all that. It's in the floor. You know, and, and the next business that comes in may not even use it. So it's not even mm -hmm. like it added totally, value to totally the next person that comes in. And that's why that's Jack uh, is going to go home with a brand new bathroom, you know. Years, so. <laughs> but I, All you know, that ground's coming out. I broke out the matriarch. So this is our um, Buffalo Trace. Oh, we're going to get into this. We're going to uh, talk a little bit about Barrel aged uh, coffee chocolate stout. Jesus so, Christ. What's the ABV on that? Uh, it's about 7.8%. Okay, right, not so. too bad. It's not going to make me swerve into the snowbanks that happened on the way home ah nice um so let's let's talk about you know the opening opening weekend remember the date uh what happened on that weekend did you go through all the beer you had built up it's one of those things that most breweries go through right opening 
grand opening, grand closing kind of deal. No doubt. So uh, we opened up the very last uh, day of June. Um, okay. So when we opened up. Hot season, but 100%. people are so, out there ready yeah. to go. A school ending. People are like summertime starting. Not a bad time. Pretty, I, pretty good. I agree with you. So Target. Me growing up in Garden City and Newway Park, uh, I kind of knew that the majority of people go away during that time. Okay. Right? So there's not a lot of people that are around. So when we opened up, I knew that if we did it in the dead heat of summer, we would have some time to work out the kinks, right? Yeah, giving yourself like a, a soft opening kind of feel. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, it was funny because even back then, if we had 50 people in the brewery, it felt like it was 500, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because everything is new, and, and having that many people in there, like wow, this many people showed up. Totally, and yeah. at that point, uh, I was doing everything. So I was brewing all the beer, I was kegging all the beer, uh, sixteen, seventeen hour days every day. Jesus Christ! I was bartending. No wonder you guys uh, yeah. came through. <laughs> Jesus. So uh, you know, six weeks after, uh, you know, um, Tom and Jack kind of came around and definitely. You finally got a good night's sleep at that point. <laughs> You're like, oh. so just like everything, uh, again, what do I know about? opening up a brewery or, or running a brewery, right? right. So um, I needed to kind of see everything that kind of was coming in, everything that was going out, and then just to get a feel for who we needed, um, what exactly we needed. Yeah, like a zoomed out snapshot of just kind of like the overall, how's it going in this sample set of a week, a month, a year, or not a year, but you know what I'm saying? Like as you look further, what are the needs? How can we improve? Exactly. And and one of the, you know, one of our most beautiful signs was um, from June, uh you know, and moving forward every single month, mm. we were just getting busier and busier and busier and busier, all the way up, even into even into December. Nah, they so. realized the beer doesn't suck, so that definitely <laughs> helps. Like I said, you you <clears throat> brew it and they will come. Good liquid will produce good drinkers, that's yeah. for sure. Um, so, Tom, when did you come on? At what point did you kind of hit the ground running? Oh, when them? when did he finally say, "All right, all right, <laughs> yeah. yes." Right. Once I heard about the brewery in West Hempstead, as Manny said earlier, it's just been there's been a vacuum of, of breweries in, in Nassau County for a long time. Once I heard there was a brewery opening up, I was like, I gotta go. Finally. So, yeah. So yeah. I went with my dad uh, a couple of times. Dad Every drinks t- craft beer? Oh yeah, I got yeah? into it from my home. Yeah. Brewery. He used to drink Bud Light, Coors yeah. Light exclusively, as do a lot of my family yeah. members. And then uh, and now they're all asking for what's in your fridge. Yes, <laughs> looking through the beer Chris fridge. What's, what's new? What, what what are you guys brewing new over yeah. there? Yeah, so yeah. I came in with my dad a bunch of times, and then found out Manny started as a home brewer. Was talking to Manny about home brewing. Told him, I mean, I was like, like obsessively brewing five gallon batches. Like it got to a point where it was every week I was just brewing five gallon batches. Jeez. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was a lot of. I was just constantly brewing. And yeah. I'm, I was like, I gotta get. You have I, a lot of friends, don't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because all homebrewers that brew a lot have lots of I friends. Give, I, yeah, I was just, because I just give beer. Yeah, away. they'll yeah. all be like, "Oh, what did you brew this time? What'd you yeah. get?" You have many, many friends. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> There's other reasons for that, <laughs> but um, yeah, I was just obsessed with it. I wanted to get a part-time job. Kept nagging Manny, and I think it was what July, end of July. I think I finally started something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I told them, uh, you know, we definitely needed to see um, kind of all of our input, our output, all the expenses, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I told them, like, he was legitimately nagging me sometimes, you know, two, three times a day where I was like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> like, like 
go home, right? <laughs> and, and so, I uh, yeah, I, I mean, I finally caved. So, um, persistence no, does help. That's for go. sure. Yeah, for sure. And so, uh, the same thing with Jack too is, uh, you know, before Jack even joined the brewery, um, I sat down with Jack and his brother a couple times outside on our picnic tables and just had beers. Right. So we were just talking, um, and, uh, and then Jack, it, it was actually kind of funny the way that Jack came along because, um, uh, you know, we put out a post on Instagram being like, hey, guys, uh, you know, I'm fucking drowning. I'm not getting any sleep. I need help. Right. Yeah. And so um, Jack at the time, like I knew Jack's first name. I didn't know Jack's last name. So uh, Jack Morello emails uh uh, Somerset and he's like hey uh, here's my resume I was hoping to like you know get a position over there and then as soon as Jack like walked in the door I was like Jack you should have just told me it was you you know I would have just given you, <laughs> I just given you the, the position on, on the he spot he wanted to make it so. formal he wanted to make it a yeah, formal uh, input uh, Jack Morello sounds like a drummer by the way yeah, yeah. well even have the, the name not related to Tom Morello <laughs> Tom yeah, Morello not yeah. related but uh, so Jack you uh, what's your background what were you doing were you doing electrical engineering prior to this as no, well so, uh, <laughs> the hell did you come from Jack I, uh, I actually grew up in West Hampstead same as Tom okay. at the time I was working at a plant nursery I hated it man I, yeah. I really just wanted to get out and I found out Somerset and I came by as Manny was saying with my brother two days in a row Yeah. and then once I saw the post I came by emailed whatever um, you were brother I, really into craft beer he is, yeah, yeah. He actually put me onto it. Um, older or younger? Older. Okay. He's thirty now. But, oh, there you go. So yeah, he was definitely at the the kind of peak of craft beer and and for sure really came up as a craft beer drinker. That's cool. Yeah. So turned uh, his little brother onto it and look look <laughs> look what he comes. Yeah, he, now he I'm becomes, a brewer. Now I'm mean. a brewer. <laughs> so you you guys uh, you and your brother did you guys brew beer together? Did you guys do stuff? No. So no? neither of us have ever brewed beer. Okay. In our lives. I actually didn't start until I started working at Somerset. Okay. Uh, man, he got injured, and he was like, hey, man, you want to brew? What the hell did you do? <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, rule numero uno about brewing beer. Uh, <laughs> stop playing sports when you hit 40. Yeah. yeah so. oh, I still play it. Uh, <laughs> but I, um, Probably I was, what amounts to my hernia, too. So go ahead. I was playing uh, softball. Ah, um, uh, yeah. Bottom of the seventh inning, made an amazing catch, and I tore my ulnar collateral ligament in my thumb. So catching, catching hand, catching. So ball. sliding and pulling. I actually went and dove for a ball, uh-huh. and I landed directly on my thumb. Ah, there you go. Back, so, so no more uh, pulling up those green bags up to the brew deck. That's for sure. You know what was actually? Uh, it was a blessing in disguise, and the reason why I say that is because. Um, it was good because before that, I was actually teaching Jack how to brew beer, and you know Tom already knows the processes and everything. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when this happened, it was like, all right, boys, uh, I can't even put on gloves. I had this massive cast on my hand, and um, here we had a, a thriving business, and we needed to produce twenty kegs a week, or you know nobody was drinking beer. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it had to sustain. So did you guys pretty much just take over for all the the brewing processes? You guys, he, you have your recipe set. We'll kind of talk a little bit about that after the break. Um, but for the most part, you know, you're just following, or do they are they bringing their own recipes? Have you guys been able to introduce new stuff to the whole plan or the schedule? So not yet. Okay. Um, it's on the docket. Yeah. It's on the schedule. <laughs> He's got a book full it's of coming, them. Man. He's waiting. I want to do a cream ale eventually. Right? Hey. Nice. <laughs> we like cream ales. Delicious. Yeah. Just brutal. Um, yeah. I know. I like all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah, you know, and like at Somerset, we brew really like fundamental beer. Yeah, you know, so I think that like little thirty gallon batch versus the hundred and twenty gallon batch 
it'd be nice to have like little experimental stuff. Right. Time is a limited quantity for me. Oh, and Extremely and of course limited. Bruce Base too. You know, yeah. and scheduling and and sure. how many greens? taps do you guys have at some point? Uh We have sixteen. So okay. But you filled the whole out? Not enough. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of crazy. So we have 16, but then we also have a couple of other taps that uh, we put uh-huh. on the back uh, just because um, we just needed more. Mm. So uh, we try and at least carry 12 different beers and uh, four ciders. Oh, so. okay. Oh, okay. Are you producing the ciders? No. So okay. my brother um, works at a horse farm, which is in upstate. And so we get our ciders from Penning Cidery, which is uh, around Poughkeepsie. Hmm. Um, Interesting, but yeah. So my brother, so your brother had a little bit of background too. Then getting into this, yeah. So my brother uh, has pretty much always been my brewing assistant. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's in his garage, right? right. So yeah. All he has to do is. It's funny that he turned to cider though after you guys are brewing in the garage with a professional system. He's like, eh, "I'm going to do cider." <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, okay. I'm gonna get some cider from Gypsy." Yeah. But, it's weird that he didn't do mead as well. I mean, that's but it's you know the uh, things like huh. the interesting thing about Pennings though is that they don't sell it on Long Island, so it's like a little niche hmm. that we have over oh, cool. there where uh, it's different. It's actually very, very good cider. Too, that's not so. because of restrictions. That's just because they don't come down here and distribute or hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not like something they wouldn't even consider. Yeah. They do well up there in that area. I mean, you know, just from their Instagram posts and everything else. I just mean, they, fantastic they open land and, yeah. and big. Big plots of people yeah. hanging and drinking. I mean, it, it's nice to look at a place when and you see it. It's like I don't know, twenty thousand square feet, and you're yeah. like, oh my god, it looks like a, like a, a lodge, right? It looks like a Poconos lodge. Yeah, yeah. you get the barn, you get the the apple orchards in the back. I was going to say, are, are, are they, are they, you know, did they have apple orchards and, or are they getting the apples? I've never, I've never been there. Okay. Uh, all I know is that. Because in my head, I'm like, you know, there's all these apple orchards yeah, yeah, out there. Looking just out, picking them. It's like legs. Myers Creek, just looking Yo, out bro. onto the freaking open mm-hmm. land, going yeah. to uh, where the uh, Angry Orchard. I mean, you, yeah. there's like five different areas around that lodge where you can go out and it's just orchards. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, that's it's just it's a strange like change of events that he went from craft beer to like, no, we're gonna do cider. That's that's very. Uh, have you guys tried doing like barrel aging and? Well, bringing it back and forth. Well, I know we're going to get into that, but uh, you know, I, I've not heard of too much apple or cider based uh, aging, but it could be something interesting to bring some sweetness into, you know, like some of the beers. No? So there is no he, doubt. Um, he's like mm-hmm. the one thing about Somerset. Okay, the only place that we can expand is up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the barrel program maxed, is going to be limited. Everything, yeah. legitimately, <laughs> between me, Tom, and Jack over here, we need to move three things to move one thing. Oh god! And, and they're both I mean, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, it's a blessing in disguise to uh, to be as busy as been because the one thing that I would love to do, and I was talking to them about it, if we ever get the space, is to do um, some barrel aging and some in some wine barrels, right? Yeah. Sure. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so I knew, uh, my own opinion is, um, the stout I think is the best beer that I brew. Uh, so I use actually A&S bagels in our stouts. Really? Oh, nice. Um, and I've been doing that for quite some time. So, uh, you know, being a teenage kid, getting drunk and then going to A&S and eating bagels all night was always... <laughs> Brings you back. Yes. Uh, for sure. That's so. funny. Um, so you guys, uh, like I said, you, you've opened up, you have your staff in place, um, you've experienced now the rush of the, the, f- the summer into the fall. Um, how are you preparing now coming up for the next few months as the season changes and it's getting warmer? Obviously, you said you're stacking barrels and you're making sure that you're prepared. What else is changing about, let's say, the tap list or 
maybe you know maxing out equipment and stuff like scheduling and things like that yeah definitely so uh i'm a i'm a traditionalist at heart right like i love uh lagers colshits pilsners fest beers uh whatever i have done the whole ipa thing and i've reverted all the way back right so um we have our first lager which is coming out this upcoming weekend um it is called no way rose uh it's an ode actually to my older sister her name is michelle Mm -hmm. um so, uh, and as right now, man, it's, it's pretty good, right, Tom? Yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. It's, it's similar to one of the cultures we have. Okay. Um, the Harmon, True Didn't Bring. Um, That's okay. This stuff's delicious, by the way. Yeah, so it's like really a, a, a hoppier Kolsch. Okay. So this is like, it's, you know. It's, it's, it's more subdued, kind of the lager. It's it's like the lager version. You know? Focus more on the lager than the actual Just the hot profile. It's it a little drier. Yeah. I did notice on your Instagram though. Well, actually on your website. So I was just scrolling through some of the beers and. For several of the beers, you call them Long Island IPAs. Yeah, for what's, sure. What's behind that? So. Um, all right, so I'm going to be a total traditionalist right now. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not that big of a, a New England IPA kind of fan, right? Okay. Um, so the microbiology and the chemistry background in me, it like drives me crazy when I see under attenuated beer like New England IPAs, because as you get older, you can't break down the complex carbohydrates as well as you once used to when you were a kid, right? Um, I'm sure that you guys feel it, right? Like I could drink one IPA like that and be perfectly fine. But if I drink like two or three of them, I just get bloated. I just feel terrible. Right? I know. I'll give you this. So I, I like Dogfish 60 Minute. A little clearer of that, like an American IPA kind of feel. I can drink a six pack and not feel a thing. Not alcohol wise, but like you know, health wise. I don't feel terrible after that. Um, I will, and I and I love it. Don't get me wrong, but like two double IPAs from Root and Branch, and I do. I feel like roll me over and shoot me. <laughs> totally agree with you. Not only because they're probably like seven to eight percent, and that feels good as well. But like, yeah, it is. It's more filling. In a way, the, the, the reaction to your brain and the, that is like, oh, I'm full. So that's why I do go for like the, let's say a sports day of football or something like that. I'm going to the more traditional, you know, cleaner, uh, but hoppy flavor beer uh, than the bigger stuff. I'll maybe have one at the end of that trail, right? That, yeah. that was the big thing. I totally agree with you. So uh, people, what is a uh, Long Island IPA? I mean, I just coined the term, right? Like, who who made up the term a uh, New England IPA? Right. Um, Somebody, but, somewhere. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to... It was to, actually um, Frank DeSantis. When it comes I to... I just Ron made that De- up, Ron by the way. DeSantis? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. There is probably... There is a guy out there, and it's... And I'm sure there is. There's a, is a bartender, or... And no. he just said flipping to somebody. Well, here and, it is. It's it, a it uh, New England IPA. So... We all think a lot of people think Alchemist was like kind of the first one, but, were but they? there was a brewer out there somewhere for sure that had a beer that didn't clear out from whatever happened, something stalled, whatever. He's like, I got to get this beer out, and it was I don't care, it's hazy. And to get away with, it, he just said, Hey, yeah, this, no, no, this is our hazy IPA, <laughs> so nobody would ask him a question, right? And never probably got credit for it. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree, and they never about they're no. like oh okay yeah hazy ipa sounds good but the um you know i've, I've never liked uh the, the outrageously haziness when you get that fruity fruity kind of backbone i'd rather an ipa um just like mike was saying to be like clean easy and and kind of mellow right so um 
I've always even taught uh, Tom and Jack this, is that I feel like a, a more well-balanced beer in all assets of the beer is, is better off than um, just something like that. And also, growing up in Nassau County, we're very brewery naive, right? Meaning, um, again, my parents grew up there. Um, and in 80 years from my lifetime and my parents' lifetime, we've never had a brewery that was close to there, right? So yeah. generally speaking, a lot of the crowd that we get, again, is brewery naive. So they want like traditional beers. So it was very interesting when we first opened up that our traditional beers from our Pilsners, our Kolsch's, our Lagers, our Oktoberfest, our Stouts, were selling almost one-to-one with our IPAs, which is unheard of. Huh. In the brewery world. Well, again, like you said, the but area, the I, locals, the people. A hundred percent. So I yeah. knew that going in. Okay. Um, well, that's a good you know, uh, analysis by you knowing that craft beer was not a huge thing in your region, in your area, and that the way to draw people into that business was traditional styles. And especially since right now, since you've only been open eight months, you guys are really hyper-local. Like... You probably your fan base is within a so many mile radius because 10, 20 square now miles there is a brewery in that so or, many mile radius or select number to- of people yeah. in Maryland. Totally, right. totally agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> what do you got? People traveling? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just hand dropped. Yeah. and they're like, oh, what is this? Yeah. Well, you got to come to London. I, uh, and I agree with that. You know, in some cases, for places like my town, Lindenhurst, or other places like uh, Patchog for a, a while, and then uh, you know. Uh, Bayshore, right? You have these these groups. Riverhead these, new. Riverhead. Oh my God, Riverhead. So you have these, you know, concentrated areas where you you almost have to now be different than everybody else. You can't be the IPA heavy people because everyone has an IPA, or you can't be only lager based because someone's gonna have a lager. Or you can diversify a little more. I think that's what they're all doing now to kind of stay relevant within that area. You don't even have to worry about that quote unquote competition. Not that they feel like it is, but you have two ends of the spectrum. You have an area that doesn't have anyone else to come to, so they're coming for you. Or you have an area that people are coming to for a day, and they're they're jumping around. I think because you're away from uh, uh, enough away from the rest of the group that you actually feel like they're coming and they're going to stay for a while. They're not going to come for a beer, hit and miss, and or hit and go. And yeah, I, to- I, I totally agree with you. Hit I it mean, and quit uh, it is what I was trying to say. As, as we know, right? Um Right now, I mean, a lot of uh, beer drinkers are hopheads, right? So they love their New England IPAs, love the juiciness, love the fruitiness, love all that kind of stuff. And so there's great New England IPAs on on Long Island right now, right? You have exactly what you said. You have Root and Branch. You have uh, Noble Savage. You have Barrier. You have Finback, right? Oh, God. And even uh, now, uh, one of the brewers at Finback, who's, you know, really good friend to the the brewery, Bert, um, we went there and... uh, you know, he he's producing great stuff. Frank from Noble Savage is producing like phenomenal yeah. stuff. Shout out so, Frankie. Um, Frankie boy. Yeah. So it's one of those things where uh like are we gonna jump in this market and just compete with like some of the, some of these dudes who have been doing it for the longest time and who do it really well? Or we can just hit um our local area with traditional beer right? right and and guess what? That's like the beer that I drink, right? right. So <laughs> yeah. uh Tom always laughs at me because Tom Tom loves to brew all this all this crazy crap, right? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> even the last couple beers that he was he was brewing, I was like, I don't even know what the hell what kind of beer that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's, what style is oh, that? Oh, Braggot, yeah. yeah. He brewed a Braggot, he brewed a Rosh beer, he brewed, he brewed a... Caramel, yum, yum. 
Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? There's a story there. Bro, it, this, <laughs> that could go one way or another. It could go really good or it could go down the dark alley. Caramel Yum Yum. All right? That song to say just that, I don't know. Coming to Somerset soon. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Manny has that look. The Yum Yum series. Yes. Season four, episode six, Yum Yum Strikes Again. And so, you know, you have Barrier who who has money, which is like, you know, for me, quintessential Long Island beer, right? Yeah. I mean, they're they're now international, right? Yeah. They, yeah. They, they sell their stuff. Thanks in, to in, Bobby, just traveling, hop skipping all over the Europe and yeah, selling we'll barrier like everywhere. Savage. And is. all he's doing is like racking up Instagram points <laughs> for the number of <laughs> <laughs> places he's been. He always to. looks happy though. And all the foreigners that uh, I, it sounds like a bad word, but all the people that he's met over and uh, yeah. and the friends that he's made and yeah. the connections and the networking. I mean, he is a very personable guy. Yeah. I mean, besides that, God, I mean, that that's what it, it takes that personality of someone like Bobby to get over and extend the brand to Europe who has no clue where Oceanside, Long Island. Totally agree with you. But the best part about it is it's because they but make it's good the beer. beer. It's, it's the beer that stands beer. up. Yeah. And that's beer, what it, beer is very good. So, yeah. um, you know, bury your money, put... You know, Long Island beer on the map. Right? Yeah, like that's like one of the quintessential yeah. beers Money. that ever. Uh, I don't even like it much anymore because there's been so many other beers. And I don't mean a hit on Barrier. I loved it, but like some of their other beers, Ishcray. Like I said, that's one of my mm-hmm. favorite from their their collab with San City. But uh, what was the uh, the Cryo Hop one? That was the surfboard. Um, Lupo Max. The, yes. Uh, yes. Lupo, yeah, Lupo. that was delicious, yeah. and they kept coming out with stuff. Over and over again, even after money, I'm like, I like this better now. And uh, so far away from money now is where I'm at. I'm, I liked it see, when it was out. And it was money is one of those ones if you see it somewhere, right. And is well, you know it. There's stellar, uh, you know, yeah, Goose Island moon. IPA, and bl- you're gonna get the money. I get so you know if you get Goose Island Sophie. I get it, but uh, oh well, I like Sophie. come on, it's delicious. Um, but that's that's the thing. Like you know, Barry has that that name recognition and yep. the beer to support it. And I guess you know. As you're getting through your first few months, you're starting to develop that sense of your own kind of brand and what it's going to bring. And obviously, it starts with you know what your local people are coming in and asking for. Are they you have a good support in the local community? You have you know uh, people asking for certain things that maybe you don't brew that you've kind of taken into consideration as you go along. Yeah. So uh, everyone that always comes always wants a sour. You know, it's the one thing. Oh, really? God damn yeah. people. We've had I mean, I love sours, but we know that. it's a weird one for people who are like, I want a sour. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's actually... All the time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's very, I, I do like them. It's very interesting because from a doctor's perspective, okay, pediococcus is a really bad infection that you don't <laughs> really you want, but here we go, brewing yeah. beer with it and everyone's drinking it. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Oh. Right? So. <laughs> well, you can't... <laughs> Tom's like, yep, I love it. Tom's like, I'm slathering that all over the place. <laughs> Coat the liner of no, the No, man, give me a little pediococcus. <laughs> <laughs> Lactobacillus and all them beautiful ones. Oh, oh man. I, really the I, uh, I, I want to hear uh, a lot about these beers, uh, we got to hear about them. But we have, uh, we're going to just take a quick pause on Instagram. And while I'm doing that, I'll, I'm going to shout out a couple things. Because wow, there's there was a lot of people. Uh, Brian McAvoy from uh, oh, Jones Beach oh, saying what's up, and it says Manny and uh, Doctor slash Carpenter. I want to know what that's all about. Oh shit! Um, and holy smokes, I can't even. Uh, okay, hold on. So this is why, yeah, I should be. Yeah, so Brian, uh, you know, I met Brian uh, when we first opened up. He's a great guy. You know, yeah. Always came by the brewery, definitely supported us when uh, 
when we first uh, showed up, and um, you know he's been super helpful. So cool. Jay uh, Jay Clancy is saying what's up. Emily Nelson, uh, Sheila from Long Island, and she now knows. from uh, Taproom. Is that where she's Tap at? Room. Tap Taproom. Taproom. Matt and Yep. Uh, that beer dad, Robbie, uh, dank beer reviews from uh, over at Superstar Beverage. Uh, Rizzo, you deserve black. Hara- wow, this is, uh, I, uh, I'm not gonna keep up, guys. On Instagram, uh, hop over to uh, Facebook and YouTube. The live video is up and going on right now. So go to Governor's Comedy Club podcast uh, on YouTube and uh, uh, Facebook. All right, because I'm gonna shut this down so I can actually uh, go to our next segment. Uh, Steve, you want to just uh, kind of preface this while I uh, do this really quick <clears throat> to let them know what they're about to do. So. We're going to do <clears throat> three questions. I'm going to ask each one of you three separate questions. Answer it as honestly as possible. It's nothing, you know, like, you know, when when you lost your virginity or anything <laughs> like that. It's all beer related. It's all good stuff. <clears throat> uh, we have a little uh, musical interlude. That's what uh, Steve is um, stalling for. So here it is with Steve's three questions. very special presentation three questions with our very own Steve Pominski Steve's questions three questions from Steve three questions Steve's questions go there it is you had to do it I had to it's it's, it's a tradition now yes all right. Well, Manny, we're going to start with you since since you're the man. So we're going to do away. same question one, you know, one at a time. So, what was that beer, that craft beer that you had that turned you on to craft beer? What was that one beer you went? I, I got to find out more about this. So, uh, again, being a very simple-minded person and loving traditional beer, it was Blue Point Toasted Lager. Hey, there you go. Nice. We haven't heard that all that often, no. but it has been. Yeah. It has come up before. But sure, if you're from Long Island and you know the area and you've had those traditional beers. That was a great beer when it, great, when it came out. Pete's, that it would be, that's beer. Pete's uh, pretty much. So the beer that you tasted answer. before, which was Memphis, is actually mimicked off of Blue Point Toasted Lager. Ah. Oh, all right. I didn't think I, I tasted Memphis. You gave me the delicious IPA. No, I had that first. We yeah, have a little bit of Oh, yes. Then I'm going to have that after this <clears throat> delicious stout. Uh, Tom. I can't answer it. No, you're going to. With, no. one, <laughs> with one beer. Oh. That's fine. That's fine. I like too many things. It's pretty much my standard answer, but I, I, I was in Binghamton for school, um, and I went to Binghamton Brewery quite often. Okay. All right. And Purple Rain was a beer that I really, Purple really loved. Rain. It was made with uh, grape. It was a sour. And oh, okay. <laughs> of course. Binghamton <laughs> Brewery. Have I been there? <laughs> Let me think about that. I definitely... So uh, we uh, actually got the word that we were going to be having um, Beer Tree Factory on the show coming oh, up yeah, in April. Beer Tree. I've been there. Yeah. Fucking Beer Tree. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, God. Great stuff. I'm, I've been, I've been to the north, that upstate New York area. That whole line right there. Yeah. Um, so North Brewery. Like, what's the other one? There's three factories. There's oh, north. the farm. Yeah, that was in Endicott. Yes. Endicott. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, that's where the north is. Right in town. Yes. The Endicott's not as nice of a town as I thought it was, but the brewery's nice. No, the I beer's very good. For a little while though, it's not. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, well, I just turned myself off. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I was going to drink this, so I was trying to mute myself <laughs> as I drank this. Um, but yeah, that whole area along that line, and it's an, I like the area. Being yeah, a lot it's, of really good. It's nice. Yeah, beer, beer Tree Factory, fantastic. We had the uh, the Schwartz beer last sh- at the last show. It was oh, phenomenal. So yeah, good stuff. All right. Was there another one in there that you? All beer, all craft okay. beer has right. got me involved. Yeah, it's pretty right. much. So you know what? We're going to skip right past Tom. And, yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you remember when I told well, you about Tom Binghamton. before? <laughs> anything that is cold <laughs> and <laughs> is just beer related. Tom was right The Tom Gage. It's not yeah. cold. I mean, right. Jack, <laughs> give me an answer, bro. All right. Barrier swimming in it. Really? Oh, it's a money variant, I think. It that's, really an, that's an old one, though, mind. isn't it? Yeah. So. For like three years straight, the only craft beer I was drinking was from Barrier. And then I kind of expanded my horizons and started working at Somerset, going to Finback, and I don't know, everywhere else. But swimming in it really just did it for me. Did you do you enjoy Ish Cray? Do you remember that that collab with Sand City? That's one of my favorites. I love that one. That it, one. I'm that. not going to lie. It's not one of my I did enjoy it. Um, I was big on the deadly combos when oh. they were doing those. I don't know if they still are. Which one is but. the uh, the the Bayside band collab? Was that Red Button? That was like the uh, no. Amber. Was it? Or no, was that the, was. the Dark Beer? I don't remember. That one was very good, too. When they were doing those... Uh, are they 300s, 250 milliliter? What are they? The bottle? The oh, l- the Bombers, yeah. The Bombers. They There's some good beers in there on those Bombers. Morticia. Morticia. Oh, God, fucking barrier. They get me. They get me. <laughs> Question number two. Uh, right now, Manny, what is your favorite style? I love lagers. Lager. Yeah, lagers and fest beers. So um, I love things with a little bit of maltiness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like Blue Point Toast and lager. Right. The greatest thing about it, uh, just like we were saying before, is... Um, I see where you're going with that. I could drink, you know, a bunch of them. Right. Uh, this one that we have... Four six four seven. So that one's about five two. Oh, okay. So yeah, the beer that you're drinking right now is called Memphis. It's Memphis, actually named yeah. after my uh, my first dog. So oh, okay. It's a Rottweiler. Um, ah. But uh, it's an easygoing drinking beer. Um, yeah, for sure. It's is uh, like I said. I want to break this down, so I don't want to give it too much uh, information just yet. But that you're right. That kind of feels a little blue pointy, but different for sure. There's not that. That blue point uh, kind of hook in there. For sure. Totally so get. over the summer, I got a great compliment where uh, one of the old um, or one of the first owners of uh, Blue Point before they actually sold it, they, uh, uh, you know, he came to Somerset and we were talking. Yeah. And I didn't even know that he was the Blue Point brewer. Oh. And uh, head you know, brewer or old owner? What was old it? owner. So he uh, he showed See up. See the marker, Pete. Yeah, I, I don't I don't remember. We interviewed I mean, Mark, right? Well, Pete Pete is really has like distanced himself from Blue Point. He that's a hundred percent him then. Yeah, and he, he actually <laughs> yeah. plays in a band. He plays yep, Monica, hundred percent, and he was and playing the. the this dude, man, so he's this, so relaxed. This guy shows up in Birkenstocks. Yeah, uh, that's Pete. You know, corduroy. Um, yeah, yeah, a hundred like yeah. uh, you Pete know, Cotter. cut off jeans and a tie dye shirt, and he's like, "Hey, bro, your beer is great." <laughs> <laughs> and then I was, I was like, "Okay," that's, and then that's uh, Pete. <laughs> yeah. So, so my uncle, who is a musician, uh, called him over to to play in his band uh, during the day when we had live music outside, and. Um, he was like, "This is the uh, one of the co-founders of Blue Point, 
and I told them like this beer was like uh, mimicked after one of your beers. So uh, it was very cool to you know sit down and talk to him about. He's it. great person. He probably took that as a full compliment. He's like, "Yep, that's the way it was." And you know what? And he was probably just as proud of you trying to do that and making a great beer. What's even funnier is because I remember that was just in this past summer, and um, I got super excited because we had a fantasy football draft, and we had a fantasy football draft. I haven't seen Blue Point Toasted Lager in a minute, and someone brought a case of it to our draft. Oh. And so I cracked it open, I drank it, and I was like, oh, my God, this beer is terrible. <laughs> there is someone on the phone, man. This is the word Mike, Pete, and Steve, GovsRadio.com. Who do we got on the phone? Hello, we got the ghost today. Is this uh yeah. All right, bye-bye. Uh so you guys this is the same guy to call. This is yeah, this is the same guy to call. We're going to we're going to I'll <laughs> and, let him and, go. And he's like you know who this is. We're like no, oh, just no stop. He's off. Um, I, you know watch watch it's like It just says wireless caller. It doesn't give me a caller uh, ID on it. So someone's watch, blocking the watch, caller ID watch too. Watch Nicky Nooks. Or no, it's not Nick. <laughs> Nick, Nick doesn't have time for that shit, that's for sure. <laughs> it's the same guy though. Uh all right. I'm, Tom, I'm probably just going to go past you because you're just going to say beer. <laughs> what style? Just, beer. Just beer. No, beer style. I actually agree with Manny. Oh, Lagers. Lager's a, nice. A clean, crisp, refreshing lager. That's nice. What I like. That's my favorite thing to drink. Um, I actually, since I started brewing beer, I gained a crazy <laughs> appreciation. For oh, I thought you were going to say wait. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm like, yep. Yeah, I know. No, I know no. how it feels. Uh, Bud Light, Coors Light. American light lagers in general. And what's funny is that's that's the thing. Like you, you start in your craft beer, you're like, ugh, Bud and Bud yeah, Light, of course. Yeah. And then you realize what it took mm-hmm. to make that beer consistent all, your sins. all, your all the time, yeah. everywhere, all around the it's country, true. and your many plants yeah. to be so goddamn consistent. You're like, mm-hmm. well, something to be said for that. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Totally. So. I mean, I don't truly enjoy drinking the Bud Light anymore, but I get it. I understand it, and I think it's really something to be proud of. At the same time, I'd probably like to drink just a local Pilsner because it just has a little more flavor, or a little more, that fruitiness I enjoy in my Pilsners for sure. No, it's not there. Okay. Jack. Strictly Fest beers and stouts. Jesus. My go-to right now. You know what? We're going go to go to – let's that. go to Jack for the for the <laughs> third question first because he, he was prepared the whole time. He was Fest beers and stouts. He, he just <laughs> knew exactly what to He's say. holding on to it. Yeah. Exactly. Right, well, question number three is – yeah. You go into a bar. Mm. What is that one beer from any time, any place, anywhere, except for the ones that you brew, that you will hope to see on tap? Mm. I don't even know where it's from, but uh, there's a beer called Crispy Squares. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, <laughs> tastes just like a cream soda. It was the weirdest thing I have ever had in my entire life. But It, it was... sounds like it's like a breakfast cereal, Pop-Tart minis going into a yeah, sour... Kinda. But it wasn't sweet, like overly sweet. It wasn't overly sour by any means. Mm. But that subtle vanilla, marshmallowy hint mm. to it. It was probably a lager now that I think of it. But it was super light, super drinkable. And I haven't had it in like three years. But I dream about it every <laughs> night. <laughs> single night. Every night. That's awesome. <laughs> Where's that dream? Exactly. Oh my god, <laughs> that that does sound delicious. By the it's way, though, so good. That's awesome. We, that's what we probably should have done with your cream ale. Maybe done like a a vanilla orange creamsicle. I think that might have been more uh, in tune with some people's uh, taste palates. By the way, Steve, you you can comment. No comment. Right. Yeah, I, it was good. I'm, I I've had two already. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So wait, wait till it gets warm, like warmer out. Yeah. 
Should so I, many people. I have I've, two more. So, I'll so many people I've I've talked to are like, yeah. bro, in the summer this would die. I go, I know, I know. Yeah. Shut up. So just hold on to it. Yeah, it should be on. fine. It'll be fine. Cream like Steve did a collab eight, with Dubco. Eight percent cream ale. Eight percent cream ale with uh, almond, lemon, and vanilla. Yep. Right. Um, so Sicilian lemon, oh, almond. Yeah. To speak of Dubco really quickly, they were uh, super influential on our barrel aged uh, stout. By cool. the way, they oh yeah, they have. Yeah, uh, they definitely helped out. Good barrel so. program over the there. Boys, sure. boys yeah. are very helpful over there. Yeah. They're willing to make. They're willing. To, rising tide floats all ships, right? Sure. Is that the right yeah. phrase, say, phrase? I usually fuck that up, but it, that's. <laughs> I, I'm serious. That, that's that's pretty much what's yeah. going on. That if we can elevate the Long Island beer scene, it means everything for everybody. Totally agree with you. So one of the uh, greatest things that I've noticed about opening up this business is the amount of support and. Um, you know, just positive energy that you get from everyone else. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, they've had. Impacts on everybody. Everyone that opens, I feel like everyone just goes out there, has the beer, gives them their, you know, their one-two, and and kind of leaves them. And a lot of the brewers feel like that's, you know, really great information because that's your real audience in the end, is someone with like minds, like palates, and, and that's what you're trying to strive to achieve, right? Uh, did you ask the question, Tom? Oh, oh you did. All right, we went backwards on Jack. All right, okay, good. Blogger. Hop, right. Uh, I like hop. He likes the hop. I do. It's the Irish in me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the, the some of my favorite things together are just the black and tan. Mm. Uh, oh my god! Mm. Don't even get these boys started. Uh, I, I love a good black yeah. and tan. Oh, you hit a nerve. Listen, black and tan for two yeah, weeks straight. Mar- I mean, uh, St. Like Patty's Day is right around the corner. Yes, yes it is. And uh, <laughs> going black and tan. We went to uh, we went over to. Um, uh, 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 whatever went over to oh I'm sorry Crockley's I couldn't think of the name of it and uh, ordered a Guinness and I'm like I wish it was I just sat there and go wish it was a black and tan that's <laughs> why I just stared at it going I like Guinness but I just wish it was a black and tan I also like uh, Smittics and Guinness or, mm-hmm. or Killian's yeah. you know Red and Guinness I love Guinness as like that that backbone to other beers um, that complement it it, it works very well for a lot of the things that uh, I enjoy. So when I go out and I do one, yeah, I, I like a good uh, black and tan. Black and tan. Feels good, yeah. Manny. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a Lagunitas IPA kind of guy. Hey, there you go. Really? Yeah, I am. See, that's like right up with my dogfish. That's that's I consume that like an animal. It's actually we will go out somewhere and it's like, oh, man, they got dogfish 60. I'm like, just get something else. Nope. Don't. Nope, nope. He loves that sixty minute. Love the sixty minute. It's I, I probably buy a twelve pack a week. Yeah, I'm so, not kidding. That's pretty much where I'm at at this point. Um, where I am watching a, a basketball game, going three or four deep, and then the next day I'll have one with dinner, and then I'll take a day off, and then I'll have another four with the with another game, and then um, it's the weekend, and now I got to have five or six. Or oh, well, yeah, I got to update my portfolio, but I I sprinkle in the, the the craft beers, you know, into that that kind of schedule. That's for me that works because I can have. Uh, a bunch of those and enjoy myself without drinking heavy beer after heavy beer. Well, and after flavor and, beer, and you know, eight nine percent. Right, right. And listen, I'm sitting Freaking on my couch, so I don't care as much. If next I'm thing you know, bombed. you're like, well, I'm staying in for the night. Um, <laughs> I just try not to pass out by before ten o'clock. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> I'm getting too old for this shit. I mean, it's like I'm like Murtaugh. <laughs> I'm getting too old get for this shit. Over this shit. <laughs> So but, he, um, if you guys ever read his book, did you guys ever read it? Murtaugh's? No. no uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> from, uh, the founder of Lagunitas, I'm forgetting his name. Um, 
but me being a total nerd, I, I did I did so much reading before I opened up the brewery, right? Uh, even when I first started brewing beer, I, I really took it down to like a technical level where I was just reading books on like water aquifers and, and you know, water yeah, clarification yeah. and all that kind of stuff, right? And uh, his book was super inspirational. So mm. it's how, you know, Palo Alto or wherever, you know, um, Lagunitas came to fruition, um, how he got started. Mm. And he did like things that I just do, right? Like I'm a very not conservative person where I'm just out there, right? Like even with the brewery now, like all my eggs are in one basket. You know, right. we're, just, we're just rolling with it, yeah. right? Because- <laughs> Shoot because, from the hip. Because why not, right? Yeah. Like, just, you gotta do it, so. Um, yeah, no risk, no reward. That's the phrase. Totally right? agree. And um, when I read his book, it, it was very, he did the same thing. Yeah. Like he sold his car to like buy like a, you know, like a kettle or something like that, right? <laughs> like he was just doing crazy things just to, to keep up with the with the brewery, which is, um, you know, which is crazy, but it's something that I would do. So yeah. Well, that's the same thing with Sam, from yeah. from Dogfish Head. Yeah. He his family were eating out of the restaurant that they had opened their brew pub, and that's where they would eat every day because they had no money to buy groceries because everything was sunk into the business. But they, his wife was on board, and and like we're going to make this work, and and lo and behold, he did. Yeah. So uh, how does um, the the brewery itself kind of uh, stack up to what you and, and just calling? What was that fourth question that you had last week? You you asked a fourth question. You're like, this is a good fourth question, and I don't think that's what it, what I was going with with what I was about to say. But I had something to do with it. But how the, uh, the your overall what, what kind of you like to brew in? Yeah, now the the schedule and what you guys are putting out the, the diversity and everything. You've been to other breweries. You've seen what they've done. How do you think your brewery stacks up to those others? Not in trying to be like you know competitive or anything, but in general, are you looking to diversify more so than other breweries? Equal, less? Like what? What's the the game plan? So uh, you bring up a great question. So the one thing that I'm learning about commercial brewing now um, versus home brewing is uh, there's a very intricate balance of um, the cadence of brewing. Mm. So what I find so funny... But insofar as what you're putting out and the timing of everything? It's, it's crazy. Like yeah. <laughs> when, you have, when you have a small brewery, uh, the cadence of brewing beer is everything. So since I'm there pretty much every day, um, I am there every day. Who am I, yeah. who am I kidding? <laughs> pretty much. But uh, if we have a run on IPAs or if we have a run on lagers or if we have a run on Kolsch's or whatever, uh, you know, we just look at, we, we eyeball it, right? So mm-hmm. me, Tom, we, or Jack, we jump in, in our cold storage, which, which I thought was a pretty big cold storage box, okay? I built it as big as we could. It takes up the majority of our space in our brewery where our cold storage, I think it's uh, 24 feet by 12 feet. So I built it myself, right? Okay. Insulated it myself, did all that kind of stuff. And now we have roughly, like, I think close to 100 kegs in there. Jesus. Yeah. So, so limited space to kind of, like you said, move three things to get one thing out. But this, <laughs> is, both yeah, but this is but this is our problem, right? Yeah. Is that we're stacked three kegs high mm. and two kegs and we're crawling over kegs to get to other kegs in mm. order to uh, you know, switch something out or whatever. You mentioned before you you're gonna try to get cold storage off site. So we have cold storage off site right yeah, now. Yeah, you do already. So what is where is that? What's how did that come about? Just again for the I guess the the, the sake of necessity, right? At this point, a hundred percent. So uh, we knew um, with the crowds that we've been getting and the traction that we've been getting that is for the upcoming season, right? Right. The upcoming warm brewery season, which 
I've never truly experienced a spring like we're we're about to head in. We've only been open for eight months. Right, and that's the thing. Like you have not experienced the full strong season to to date at this point. You got started what late June, end of June. You got July, August, September, October. Like you said, it went through December. Now you're going to get it starting in April, May. The way the uh, weather's I, going right now, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's so couple extra months tacked on there yeah definitely and and that's the reason why we have cold storage our cold storage space is actually uh at beverage barn which is on jericho turnpike where mm. uh, you know the brother i know Greg, exactly where that is um you know he's he's been great to us where what's his scott is greg greg okay and he's been great to us where uh you know he's got a lot of storage and a lot of space that's in there so uh we've just been stacking kegs away in there for the upcoming you know rush of, yeah yeah of the I, so a uh, quick funny thing about that I was, uh, when I was working at Governor's here uh, as a bartender for years, um, I would actually go past Governor's, go to Beverage Barn because they had one of the better selections of craft beer around. This was before a lot of the Home D's really started piling into craft beer. He had a good selection. He was one of the first places that ever had taps, if you remember. I do, could, yeah, yeah. Where you could fill a growler. Yeah. And I remember going there and I was like, what is this? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, but what is, right? is this legal? Can we <laughs> actually just pour beer out of taps here? Um, they had Maui Coconut Stout. Which you couldn't find anywhere. You still can't probably find anywhere at this point because Kona's kind of flooded the market with Hawaiian beer, we'll call it. Um, but their coconut stout was so fucking good. That beer I was I would s- seek out, and they were the only ones that I knew that had it after calling multiple places and looking around. So I would travel from my job out in Dix Hills all the way in here to go to Beverage Barn, get my four-pack of 12-ounce cans, stick them in the ice behind the bar here, and that would be my drinks for the night because what we had here at the time wasn't really craft beer centric. We were pretty much, you know, Stella, Guinness, that kind of stuff. And then slowly as I started working here, we started introducing Lagunitas IPA and we got a, uh, I forget what the other IPA was that we rotated in, but we finally got, you know, um, Blue Point in a rotation, in a seasonal rotation when we finally started getting the pumpkin beers when right before the pumpkin beers became pumpkin beers became so popular we were like one of the first places that would do that and rim it correctly not with the drippy shit all over the place where you just yeah jack you hear that work on oh, your drip you no know, honey you can't see it's got to be water and then you rim and it turns into rock candy and then it's just so slight it's it's perfect um but that's you know that's the thing it's like there's so many like little stories that go on in and around this area that well, damn, I mean, Beverage Barn was one of the places that really kind of stood out over the years. And since then, I haven't been back since I stopped working here. But it's it's known to me. And I remember, actually, even before that, I was at a sticker stop for Opie and Anthony as a radio guy. You know, Opie and Anthony and, and uh, you know, Howard Stern, all those guys in the radio craves. They did a sticker stop at Beverage Barn, and they closed down the street. That's how many people came out on that little corner there. Yep. Holy cow, I remember people just losing their minds, people standing on cars. And I'm like, we're at a beverage barn and people losing their minds. And that those t- two things, between, uh, between the Maui uh, Coconut Stout and a t- Sticker Stop. And I went to Nassau Community College and Hofstra, by the way. So I mean, it's all been in this area. Fantastic kind of like memories of, of that place. And I'm glad that they still are doing great. And So if you remember uh, Greg, he's, he's a big German dude. Yeah. Big, big guy. And they had a ton yeah. of German and Polish imports. 100%. 100%. So Holy cow. My brother-in-law is actually from Germany, and uh, he would go there just for their German beer. Their selection so, is... So they bonded over that, and that's how we got the hookup. Really? Getting the, uh, that's interesting. 
Yeah, I used to go in there specifically for the Dunkel because they had it all year round there. All year round. It's one of the only places I could find that has it. Now you can get it a little more often in other places, but yeah, that beverage barn, they, that's where their cold storage, extra cold oh, storage okay. is. Yeah, it's funny that you say the Dunkel is there because uh, Memphis is my favorite beer that's on our menu, and um, it's a fest beer, but I, yeah. keep it, I keep it on all the time. Yeah. So. Delicious. Just, that's it. So. Um, so let's get into those beers because that's really like the mainstay of, of what we want to talk about. Besides all the the stories and the fun stuff, um, we start off. I started off with the IPA, but let's talk the about the let's have the Memphis. Let's talk about it since you mentioned it. Break us down on this beer. Um, you know, you don't have to give away all the secrets, but tell us a little bit about this, the profiles and all that other stuff. No, for sure. So, uh, like I told you, one of the um, growing up on Long Island, uh, you know, everyone starts drinking at thirteen in the dugouts of baseball fields. Oh yeah, and, uh, whatever, behind the right? finest. Yeah, and then with start, uh, crooked eyes. Yeah, that's why I would drink. And then, like every City idiot, eyes. you're uh, walking on the uh, train tracks, going down, <laughs> drinking your Bud Ice six pack with your, you know, your friend and uh, Red you know, Dog Ice, yep, getting your Saint Ides and, and oh, every God. everything else Saint at the bodegas. Oh yeah, crooked eye. You got to get the crooked eyes going. They were delicious. So, um, like I said, I mean, I've I've always liked uh, Blue Point Toasted Lager. I thought for Long Island beers, that's like the first one that I can really remember. Yeah. And so, um, why not mimic your first beer that you're trying to brew and brew well after like a classic? And so, um, you know, we use majority. It's it's mostly two row. Okay. Um, so since we're a uh, a New York. State Farm Brewery license, whatever the hell that means. Checks off the, one of the questions on Steve's list. Yep. Yeah. Well, I kind of uh, figured once he yeah. said he was selling cider. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the majority of our malt comes from uh, Hudson Valley. Okay. Um, cool. It's this guy, Dennis, and his wife. Uh, great guy. Um, small place, huh? Small place. Yeah. Do they have a lot of contracts with people down here, or is it mostly? Yeah. So I know. Um, a couple of the contracts that he does with a couple of the other breweries, uh, again, for the New York State license, gives us a lot of tax benefits and yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, sure. So it made sense for us to you know, source most of our grain from there. Um, but uh, going back to Memphis, um, you know, I just wanted something that was plain, but I, I like the maltiness in beers. Uh, it's something um, yeah. that we've kind of lost, I feel like, along the way. And something that uh, you, know, you can just crush. So I think, I think the beer is at like 5.2%. Um, just super clean, super easy. Uh, you know, traditional uh, German hops, and and that's pretty much it. So it's pretty cool that you've encapsulated your dog's name into a beer that will now probably be a staple for years to come at the brewery, right? It's kind of yeah. So everyone always asks where uh, the names come from, and um, it's interesting because uh, I've been working on these beers for a long time. I was right though. You're about to go on a story. I was right about the dog thing, right? A hundred percent. I was so, like, hope it wasn't like a great grandfather. No, 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 totally no, no, this no. Up. So, I'm like. Oh, it's not a dog. It's a fucking no, family it is. member. So, like, oh, okay. Number one question that everyone asks is like, where did you come up with the names from the brewery, right? And so um, all the names are from either people, places, or things that, that were super important to me. And, uh, you know, Memphis was my first dog ever. Mm. Uh, if you guys ever had dogs before. You first know, one now. First she's, one. She's three. Yeah. First one is, uh, you know, it's important. Yeah. Right? It's, it's important. Uh, Actually, I would call a beer Maeve. That's a good, that's a good beer name. Maeve. Easy, right? Memphis is a great name. Love that name. How did, how'd you name the dog Memphis? Or did the family name? No, so it was my dog. Um, okay. It, like, how do you name anything? I mean, my, my, my dog's name now is Wookie. And everyone always tells me, like, you named him after Star Wars. Yeah. I, I've never watched a Star Wars movie in my life, okay. right? So yeah. I just like the name Wookie. Yeah. Um, See, I would have said after Wookie Jack from Firestone. Oh, Wookies, yeah, that's good, Black too. IPA. Yeah, that's good. Great beer. Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
you know, how do you name any beer? Right. And so uh, when you're being as scientific as I was with all these beers and everything, um, I didn't I didn't really veer off the path. I was just being, again, a, a total nerd where I was just having one beer like Memphis, changing one or two variables and sticking with it and brewing it for months in a row. And I know it sounds super redundant or whatever, but it's it's what I did, right? So, um, but uh, yeah, just like I said, like brewing uh, beer and with uh, Blue Point Toast Lager and everything, just, I love that beer. So I wanted just to mimic that beer. True. So Many, many breweries start out that way too. They want to mimic something that they truly like, but then make it their own. Like, yeah, I really like that, but I want to do this to it. One of the first beers that I brewed um, that I had a lot of I was in ESB because I liked that style, that maltiness. I was not into really bitter hoppiness. I wanted that that nice malt background, and everybody loved it. And I was like, oh, okay. that's. I don't know. What did you name that beer? Uh, what was that beer? Huh. I couldn't even tell you. I'm, I'm really hooked on the name now because now I'm thinking like, shit, I, it's got to be oh. more and more as you go through, you know, as time passes, it's got to be so limiting with the amount of breweries that name beers. You don't want to mimic a name. You don't want to copy that name. Yeah, this, this was an evil bitch ESB. Yeah, no, 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 no one's going to do that one. No, no. So that, that and every so many women would come into the brewery and go, "Oh, I see you made a beer after me." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, well, well, whatever you say, and I feel sorry for your husband. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're already, uh, ca- uh, you know, counting yourself out. No, that's not the word. Yeah, no. Calling yourself out. Kind that's what. All right. Anyway, so the uh, the Memphis uh, Lager. Uh, what's the conditioning time on this? Well, how long are you letting this? Too long. <laughs> so this is this is the problem and this is what i was Tom's already about. like yeah it's, dude it's way too fucking long this is the problem with cadence of brewing and this yeah. is where i'm learning it right so uh, as a home brewer you have uh unlimited time true because the only people who are drinking are tom's friends right so. <laughs> yep all three of them <laughs> <laughs> and you're out they're functioning alcohol but, yes and this is and this is the interesting thing about owning a brewery and anyone who's looking to go into the space is uh the timing is crazy. Yeah. So if you're running low on one beer, then you have to switch your whole plans and, you know, make sure that, A, you have the ingredients on board, you have everything else, and that you can just switch on a dime and, and brew that beer. And so uh, Memphis takes a long time. It's three months. So. Jeez. Yeah, and so you got to factor that into your schedule, your tank time, everything else. So when we first opened up, I had that time, right? I had right. Um, I had the time before opening date where we could uh, release or whatever. And then, um, you know, you start taking shortcuts, and then Memphis doesn't taste like Memphis anymore. And yeah. then you have to start doing some other things. I, a lot of people do that, right? I'm sure they go through it. They're like, how can I cut this in half? Yes. Or how can I cut this time? Sure. And like, oh, yeah. Oh, no, I can't Time do is that. money. It's not going to be. Right. Time is money in brewing. Now, you, have a, you said a three-barrel system, correct? So it's three and a half, but we push it. Half. We push it to four. Okay. So and what size for, fermenters uni tanks you guys got? So yeah, so it's uh, it's also three and a half, but we also push it to four. We go basically right up to, to the, the top where the thing is overflowing. So um, I always find it interesting because people say that you need the headspace right in order for yeast to ferment and everything, and I, I totally understand that. Um, I haven't had any problems with it yet with any of our beers. I don't feel um, anything in anything we've drank tonight where that that leftover flavor is there. Uh, yeah. I'll say that. So I don't. I wouldn't even know even if you didn't mention it. So one of the uh, – thank you. So one of the things that I've always liked about our beers, and I've talked a lot about Tom and Jack about this, is um, I hate lingering astringency. Mm. 
right? So lingering astringency is like whether you didn't uh, do a diacetyl rest for too long or, um, you know, you just, I don't know, just messed up your beer and, and, and whatever, right? So um, if we get that lingering astringency, I think it's like the, the number one turnoff where Agreed. when you finish a beer, uh, it's supposed to finish and it's supposed to finish clean. If it doesn't finish clean and you have that bitterness or, or astringency on the end of your uh, palate, and then all you want to do is drink another sip, and then when you drink a couple sips, you're like, ah, I can't drink this anymore, right? Mm. Mm. Yeah, it messes with your mind and, and your, your palate in general. Um, yeah, one of those things that I, I, I don't like when I, I get a beer from, you know, let's say microbreweries or, or smaller na- nano-based breweries, where you have that leftover yeast, you know, just lingering there, and you're like, hmm, I like a good bready uh, you know, that, that feel of the beer, but <clears throat> when you can't get rid of it all and, and you can't drop it the way it should be. What? I know the brew. I know, you know, you know, I'm not going to mention them. And listen, well, so that's you say me. it every time. I know. So well, I say it not me. on air right, to you. you say it to me. Right. So the beer that you're drinking right now is La Citra. So, um, that one I feel has a great, like bready upfrontness to it. Agreed. And it's, and it's like, it's crisp. It's I like, easy. I like the, the, the color of it. Cause it's not that first <clears> IPA that we had before was that juice. You could just, it's juice. This drink's clean. This drink's more like I can have a ton of these. Super interesting, right? Yeah. So um, one of my most hated things uh, is when a brewery finds a great recipe and the only thing they do is they just change the hops and they just call it <laughs> something else. <laughs> well, that's, uh, is that, isn't that everybody? <laughs> doesn't, at this point, when you're going through 15 labels a month, that's what you're doing, When right? you're a brewery that releases. Yeah. 190 new beers right. a year. There's no way you can make 190 new recipes. I'm thinking a year. it's the same recipe and you're switching <laughs> yeah. on some hops. So you do 60, 40, and then 40, 60, and then 35, you know, 80, 65, whatever it is, and you just keep doing that until. Totally agree with you guys. So it's if, gotta you, be that. if you were to see the difference in the coloration of the two beers that you drank, like um, it's something that uh, I kind of prided myself on when we brewed IPAs. Like, yeah. uh, well, you want to see the difference in the flight, too. Uh, so let's say someone comes in and they have the four beers stacked up next to each other. You don't want to see the same thing for four times. Like, wait a second. That's a lager. That's an IPA. That's, you know, it doesn't make any sense. You want to see the coloration differences and then associate that with the flavor profile that you're having. For sure. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because we've been to a couple of other breweries where uh, we get a flight and they all look exactly the same. You can't differentiate yeah, which one track. is which. You lose, you lose track of, the, of the, the beers. Yeah. Which number was this? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've I've said it many times to guys that are you know like crazy haze boys, and I'm like I will put five beers from different breweries, all the same brewery, and ask you to name that beer. You're you're never <laughs> no getting way. it. Yeah. You're never getting Unless it. Unless it's like all the same hop. I could I could I'm a hazy boy. I can tell my hops. I can tell my Citra Mosaic, Nelson for sure, because I don't like it as much. Some of my New Zealand hops, I know the profile of those. Um, maybe maybe um, El Dorado because of its very specific. And definitely any West Coast IPAs, like if you give me uh, Cascade or, or Centennial or something like that that's really piney or danky, I could tell those differences. But when you start mixing several hops together, whether it's citra, citra and mosaic, and then you go mosaic and citra, I, I would have no clue. Well, again, if you go to like one of the big hazy producers mm-hmm. on the East Coast, yeah, and you take a, six a line, of them. line of their cans and you put them out and you just blind pour them, like Treehouse, you couldn't tell the difference between Julius and 
I don't know what's the other what's the purple can? I just go by colors. Haze. Haze. Yeah. And and then and then green, right? It'd be tough to it, well, I could tell Julius, I think, but haze and green without seeing it taste wise, I don't know if I could tell you the difference now. But I also don't drink a shit ton of treehouse. You know, I have it once in a while. But But this is what I'm I'm but if you're in the area when you put out so and I'm not saying it's them. Right. There's someone else. Yeah. When you put out that many brand new beers. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I'm it's sorry. tough. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So even with what we're trying to do, um, we're not trying to per se bring out new beers, but what's really nice, and this is like the underlying scientist in me, mm. um, is we just change one or two variables. And if we like the change in the recipe, then we keep it and we move forward. You right? ditch so, the old, move on with the new. So uh, at Somerset, you will have something that's very similar, but never the same beer. Gotcha. That makes sense. I mean, that's that's more along the lines of keeping the moral compass on what you're doing moving forward, as yeah, opposed to just then, to try to screw with the audience. Like, yeah, then, I'm just going to do because this. Because then you're just brewing the same thing over right, and over I mean, again, right? Like, how can you? And what's really nice, it, and, and we've done this, right? So yeah. in, in our Stout series, we've definitely done this. So we have... Uh, save some uh, kegs of stat where I really wanted to see what the difference was. So I always believed that the extra oxidation on stouts gets it a little bit better, mm-hmm. right? Like just aging it just in, in the keg for, now we have one that's been in there for, I don't know, six months, seven months, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, Helen 1, Helen 2, Helen 3, Helen 4, and Helen 5. And it's all about the timing and All about and the timing. And, um, huh. As we've gotten better, I f- uh, as we've as we've brewed more of them, I feel like it's gotten better. Are right? you going backwards through the series? Then you letting one sit for a very long time and, and drinking five almost immediately and working your way back? Yeah, but it's nice to save a keg of it. And for any homebrewer, that's what's like beautiful about stouts, lagers, kolsch's, pilsners, right? Yeah. With IPAs, uh, it, it's It'll funny. It'll fall off if you don't if you don't move it quick. Yeah. And people drink that beer that you're drinking, which we call a citra. Uh, it changes drastically, right? Tell like, me about this, because this is, uh, like I said, light drinking, almost weedy in color. In totally that agree with you. So um, I'm not a hophead, okay? Right. So I. Um, but this is very West Coasty Lagunitas like, so that's probably so why I you enjoy lightly it so much. dry hop my beers, <laughs> not to the point where they're crazy fruity. So okay. to me, with drinking beers, I'd rather drink something than chew on hops. Like okay. I think we've gone in a direction where we've gotten away from drinking beers, and now we're just eating things, right? right. So like <laughs> milkshake IPA, it's just too chewy. Like yeah, who, I, I know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't enjoy that. I no. mean, that's just me. It's right? too heavy, like yeah. we were saying before. And, with the other and what I find funny is, um, you know, Tom over here, I think, is in line with my thinking. Uh, Jack will drink milkshakes all day. You know? so. <laughs> he liked the creamsicles, so obviously it's pastry stouts for days. You would have loved Barrage. Too bad he wasn't twenty-one while you were open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> would have liked. Uh, what was? What's the? Uh, yeah, yada yada yada. Freaking Snickers bar. Mm. But yeah, I agree with you. So, so that beer super lightly dry hopped. Yeah. Um, there is not too much that's in that beer. It's basically, uh, what do we put? Um, we malted oats, oats. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Given that light color. Yeah. Yeah. That gives you that mouth feel. Yeah. Yeah. And it it it, it kind of initially tastes a little piney, but then the residue is more of the fruity, but not over the top like you were saying. And it kind of is a nice balance. Now, which ones were you calling Long Island IPAs? 
So neither neither those neither of the ones that okay. you have are Long Island IPAs. Okay. So we have other cleaner ones, which I call just old man IPAs. <laughs> uh, just clear IPAs that people enjoy. Listen, I, mean, I like them. You're talking about if you guys remember a great IPA that I used to love was Green Flash. Oh, oh yeah, yeah Flash. of course, mm, great beer. So Green Flash. That that was the whole era of Stone IPA, Green Flash IPA, and then you had uh, Sierra Lagunitas, Nevada, Sierra Nevada, oh, yeah. all clear IPAs, like yep. up my alley. Yep. I will I will drink those all day every day, and um, it's funny. Like uh, I I can't drink the hop headiness of of the IPAs. I mean, uh, again, going back into uh, a chemistry background, when you have so many complex um polysaccharides and everything it just sits in your gut and that gut it ends up turning into uh, fat that's right in me right now (laughs) even though i'm a skinny i should be freaking 170 pounds i'm now 205 and it's all right here in my beer gut because that's that's what happens after you drink so much fucking craft beer no you drink 60 minute ipa yeah a lot of them i drink six probably within a sitting um, so let's uh, uh, let's really hear about the barrel aged stout that you guys brought, uh, aged in Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace. Yep. Wow. So let's start with the base. What's the base IP? Uh, so the base stout that you guys use. So we use the same stout. Uh, it's called Helen. Okay. Um, so it's in that series that we were talking about before. Okay. So it's a coffee chocolate stout. Mm-hmm. Uh, Helen, I believe, is about five point eight percent. We okay. pick up a little bit more of that. Uh, Helen comes off super coffee-ish, so, so the only thing that I drink more than beer is coffee. Okay. All day, all I do is drink uh, I, I think coffee, I coffee, 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 so. beer, beer, and then that's basically <laughs> what I drink all day. I'm close. <laughs> In between the coffee and the beer is a Gatorade just for refreshment, and then okay. I'm back to beer towards the end of the day. I agree with you. Yeah, it's coffee all day. But in, you know, in my field, uh, yeah, I, run, I run on coffee right? yeah. all day, every day. And so, um, so we have a coffee chocolate stout uh, that... From a homebrewing perspective, it's really interesting, right? Like a Buffalo Trace, any any barrel for that matter, is yeah. sixty five gallons, right? What what maniac who's a homebrewer is going to fill sixty five <laughs> gallons with a stout? Quadruple Tom's over there going. Tom Tom is going to brew seven <laughs> days in a row. To, I've done it. Uh, <laughs> I've done it. Yeah, that's that's a lot. I mean, yeah. and then where do you store it in between the the batches? I, I mean, yeah, I totally agree. With you. So the... from from a homebrew perspective, and this is where <laughs> uh, you know the guys from Dubco uh, were super helpful. Uh, we also asked Tim from uh, the Brewers Collective. Oh yeah, you guys know Tim. Great, uh, so great me, resource. Yeah, so me and Tom went out there and we were just talking uh, barrels, right? And um, make a very long story short. Uh, the one thing about getting a barrel is how, how do you source a, a Buffalo Trace Kentucky bourbon barrel? I don't even get one, right? That's a, How the fuck do I obtain a Buffalo Trace Kentucky so, bourbon barrel? So I'll give shop. you guys a quick story. God. So there, you, you knocked off a, a stagecoach. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting behind the bar. Uh, there's this guy with this crazy British accent. Um, sits at the bar and is drinking all day, having cider, 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 drinking a million ciders. And... Uh, and he goes, do you guys ever barrel age anything? And I was like, no, because I, I can't find a barrel from anywhere. <laughs> and uh, he's like, all right, I'll bring you some. And, I, you know, this guy's 10 ciders deep. I just thought he was just <laughs> blowing smoke up my ass or whatever. And, and where'd, uh, you see, where'd you meet him? Just at the, at the bar. Just really? at, the, at the brewery bartending. Um, so two days later we're brewing uh in the garage and uh hear a knock on the door i open up the garage big big door and uh 
this this British guy just handed in the back of his Ford F one fifty. There's two Kentucky based uh, uh, Buffalo Trace barrels just sitting there. What? I was like, what Where is? Where the hell did you come from? I was like, what is going on? <laughs> so, uh, make a very long story yeah. short, he does a lot of business that's in Kentucky with a lot of like the bourbon, the whiskey, the whatever. Mm. And uh, I met a lot of these guys later on down the road. So, gave them a whole bunch of beer from there. Uh, He's like they, the Kingsman, right? In the movie The Kingsman, with then the, the second one where they had the uh, the guys from from Kentucky, right? They're making the bourbon, and it was the Kingsman, but it was what was that called? Help me out. What was the name of the 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 American-based Kingsman? I didn't see the movie. You didn't see the movie? That's a good one. I don't like it. Oh, God. Well, I'll I'll think of it. I'll think of it. But, yeah, same thing. It's like they have this kind of thing with uh, the the whiskey and stuff that they brew over there, and they have this obsession with bourbon over here in the States. So, again, just, just to source the barrel and then just to ship the barrel, all that in itself is just outrageously expensive to the point where you know, how much are you going to charge for a beer? Are you going to charge like 20 bucks for a beer when it finally comes to fruition? But um, he brought us over the barrels. And, uh, you know, as soon as that happened, I was like, all right, tomorrow we're brewing the stout to <laughs> fill this thing up. So, um, you know, we fermented out the stout. And uh, again, we... stout shower. <laughs> yeah. Filling up the barrel. Yeah, was... so initial... Statesman. Statesman. How come I couldn't think of it? It's Kingsman and Statesman is the, the bourbon they've made. Sorry. Had to get that in there. It would it would drive me crazy. It's my ADD. Sorry. And then when we, um, you know, we we knew nothing about filling up a, a whiskey barrel with beer. Had no idea what to do. And then, again, a uh, great thing about the brewing community, we went out to the Brewers Collective. We talked to Tim. We went out to Dubco. Uh, talked to John and Paul and, uh, you know, all those other great guys that are at Dubco. Yeah. And um, they gave us, you know, great knowledge, um, just what to do wet the barrel, put the beeswax on the barrel. And then what's beautiful about this business, right, is we met a guy who is a beekeeper in West Hempstead <laughs> who gave us beeswax for the barrel. Jesus. Yeah. They had everything you needed right Plugging there. That barrel. What do you need? What do you, time, yeah, what do you need for the beeswax? Time. Explain this to me. I don't think I know this about barrel aging. For staves. Because they will leak. you got to plug the thing. If it's not sufficiently soaked, yep. saturated, right, where it swells, right, so it's, it's dry and cracks. Yeah. So, what do you coat the inside part with the beeswax? No, the outside, the outside, just Plug to seal that in. You heat the inside. Okay. Ideally, it would be already. And swelling. then, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting it fresh, and you yeah. rub the the wax on it. Okay. And then, as it cools, it, it will like sex wax, like a surfboard. Yeah, basically. Really. So if you can see me and uh, Tom's faces as we're pouring all this delicious beer into this barrel and it's just exploding out. It's just, <laughs> just dive underneath. Just it's, uh, underneath it's like, the, coming it's, through the cracks. It's, it's, it's an absolute, <laughs> it's an absolute disaster, right? And so, uh, sounds delicious though. Yeah. Geez. So, I mean, you guys have obviously this is the the stories of startup breweries, right? Trying to figure this kind of stuff out. Um, what other major things have happened along the way? I know we saw a post before you before you st- tell the story. We saw a post. We were concernicus for sure about the tanks on the deck planking that we saw on the post. And we're like, I hope they're not brewing there. And thank God it was just for storage. And meanwhile, while you were doing things. Like, what else? Uh, did you get anybody commenting on that? Like, oh, dude, bro, that's a little dangerous. Like, yeah, for sure. So, um I know it sounds silly, but people no, no, just no, see totally, a picture yeah, and yeah, see yeah, a thousand yeah, words, yeah, right? Yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. no, I totally agree with you. So, uh, again, we have super limited space, right? Um, right. And what's crazy? The only way is, to go is up. You yeah, said. I mean, you know, we have two thousand square feet of space, which to me in the beginning was like, wow, that's like 
it's a decent size, right? Yeah. We have 2,000 square feet of inside and, you know, roughly 4,000 square feet of outside space, which right. is, hey. Yeah, I'll take it. Not a bad space, right? Uh, so things led to things, and then we were just like, oh, my God, we have merchandise. We have growlers. We have cans. We have more grain. We have this. We have that. And then just looking at the space, there was only way one way to, to put these things. So when I bought everything... Um, you know, I brought out my little graphing paper. I brought out my ruler, and I and I squared everything away to where I knew everything would sit in the brewery. Right. So instead of just buying the three and a half barrel system that we have, we also bought a ten barrel system because um, I knew that we just had the space. Right, and it, it could expand to that as you go along. A hundred percent. So that was like phase B. Yeah. Um, I didn't think that we would get to phase B in like four months <laughs> yeah. right like i mean I thought, good problems to have but i thought it would take a year and a half two yeah. years to get to using the 10 barrel system um so yeah you're totally right so uh we just ran out of space so i was like all right uh we couldn't like store it anywhere and i want to pay for storage so we were sure. just like just lift beverage it up. barn isn't going to give you you put it on the roof <laughs> it would make a really nice you know yeah. They, you see the barn, yeah, and then yeah. you see the tanks at the top. But yeah, thank you to all the uh, engineers who were like, uh, "That thing's in a brick." Yes, I understand that. That's you know, we're not filling them. Yeah, just 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 putting the tanks up yeah. there just so that we can uh, clear some space underneath. Yeah, we had fun reading the comments. That's why we were yeah, mentioning yeah, yeah. it. We're like, um, oh boy. But yeah, I mean, for the you know overall point, you're just trying to make the best of it as you're growing probably more considerably than you thought you would over the four months that you know really the faster months are coming up so how do you cope with all that like yeah, th- the stress has to build up you still have your job you're still doing all this these guys still i mean it's it's what's what's the key to kind of keeping it all together yeah for sure so uh you're seeing the keys actually next to me so you know tom and jack have been a blessing mm. and so uh Aww. i know even though tom annoyed you for a, a little bit <laughs> I still of his as his sure, constant yeah. Badgering, yeah, no doubt. So, um, you know, Tom and all was badgering, and then uh, Jack uh, definitely have outrageously helped. So, yeah. um, I knew that I couldn't sustain it. Uh, working in the medical field, you know, working 24, 30 hours is nothing to me, right? So, um, I'm, I'm no spring chicken anymore, I'm 40 years old, and so, uh, Let's again, get to that point, yeah, having Tom and Jack uh, to definitely carry some of that load. Like, I knew um, I could do it for a couple of months, and when we opened up, and I was really cranking out that time or whatever. But it's it's a beautiful thing. So, when you start your own business or whatever, and for any small business owner, um, as long as you just see the potential in it and you see uh, that you have a product that people think is pretty good, um, and then you got to a point where you're trying to make it as fast as possible, and uh, you just need help in that regard. Yeah. Uh, again, Tom and Jack have been great. Um, I worked a shift at the hospital all day today, yeah. and um, I didn't brew a single beer today, but they did it. So, well, there you go. You need good hands on deck, pretty much. You need that support system that, you know, having them around definitely when alleviates had, the pressure. And yeah. The pain. When I had gone to a, it was a seminar at CBC. And they were talking about, you know, opening a brewing and everything. And they were like, look, you're going to be the guy that's going to wear every hat. Even if you just take one of those hats off, you give it to somebody, it's going to alleviate so much time, pressure, just one hat. So I'll give you uh, a life in uh, Somerset Brewing the other day. So this just <laughs> happened uh, last Wednesday. 
He told, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Tom's like, man, it could be anything. Yeah. So, so many things have happened. <laughs> so, <laughs> Baby so, Manny doesn't know about. But. So, <laughs> yeah, at, we, don't, we don't want to mention those things. So I'm at the hospital. Uh, I'm finishing up my shift. I think it was about 5 o'clock or whatever. We're getting back to the brewery. And so, you know, our normal brew day, it takes, it takes a while. It takes about nine hours, right? So, yeah. wow. give or take. How many batches are you doing in those nine hours? Uh, just one batch. Oh. Um, but we brew twice. We take our time. Okay. That's out. Yeah. So um, uh, they text me and they're like, hey, Manny, are you, <laughs> are you back anytime soon? And so, um, you know, so while they were moving some stuff or whatever, they knocked off the... Uh, um, the uh, fitting to the compressor, the air compressor. Oh. We're moving a couch mm. from our loft upstairs. We store a bunch of stuff. Yeah. We're trying to make space because we have no space. Oh. So we're moving the couch out. And me and someone who's not here, who's also part of our team, Connor, um, we're moving a couch. We hit into the fitting, like tap into this fitting that goes in whatever to the tank. And it, it snaps. S- Boom. Sh- Beer or All just the, air? Just air. Yeah, okay. so this, oh, is, this is the air compressor yeah. that we use for, um, you know, or cleaning our keg kegs and stuff like that. Okay. And so... Uh, so it's a run to another utility area where you're using that, yeah. Yeah, so I come home. Um, oh, so I have to grab all new fittings. Comes I, I plumb it all out or whatever, and everything is good. And then five minutes later, uh, we realize that there's like a clog in our plumbing, <laughs> the right? Trap. So the trap if you ever own a brewery, the one thing that you always need to make sure, and I, I, you have to make sure that your trap is all good and gravy, right? So the night before, someone used too much toilet paper, tampons, whatever, oh, and clogged the trap. No. So we went from putting that, fittings on Did that come up, a, up in the brew house? The brew is going on so at the same time. Now. they were brewing. Oh, no. Connor was actually super aware of it, noticed that the water just, like, wasn't draining or whatever. And then, you know, this is... If you've ever dealt... Well, it's typical stuff, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just typical stuff. So, um, you know, open up the trap everything out uh was basically waiting in shit for about an hour and a half <laughs> and then uh you know just snake some things those boots throughout those pants yeah that that's the beauty of uh scrub so you know <laughs> there took you go. the scrubs they're right in the dumpster i hope you weren't wearing the crocs crocs and socks um what other uh so we we went over the the this ipa that style the lager what about that first ipa that i had so the first IP that you had uh, was called Surgical Precision. That's so, right. Okay. Yeah, that's um, So my dad is a trauma surgeon who is uh, grandfathered into breast cancer oncology. Oh. So, um, hey, my uh, my wife sells journals for ASCO and JADPRO and those uh, journal oncology jur- – sorry, oncology journals. For I, know what you're, I know what you're talking yeah. about. So. It's funny because I knew, I knew you'd get it. Yeah. She, she works for a local company on Long Island that, that does those publications. It's pretty cool. So Surgical Precision um, is probably our number one selling IPI, for sure. I would say. Right, Jack? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, it's a juice bomb. Yeah, it's a juice bomb. Yeah. Um, probably not up your alley. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned it because like all it the hops that you mentioned before are all the hops that are basically <laughs> – in it right yeah. so it's citra it's mosaic um you know i think their percentage on it is 6.8 mm. that's pretty good somewhere around there yeah that's good yeah it's drinkable it's not you know over knock you out in 16 you know, ounce can or growler even, or even with with any beer i've always liked the sweet spot of being between five and seven i think five and seven is like a good beer I agree. right yeah like um True. i'd rather I'd, oh, i've always said this i'd rather drink uh, seven five percent beers than five seven percent beers, right? Okay, yeah. So, um, but yeah. So surgical precision. 
one of the very first beers that I started brewing when the whole hop head craze started to happen and stuff like that. Um, brewed with a ton of wheat, a ton of oats. Yeah. Uh, you get that dark you. So we put, uh, I think, a little bit of uh, caramel malt in it. I think it's 60 and 80. That's what gives it that kind of orange yeah. juicy look to and it. So, I mean, you know beers more than anybody. So that beer is mimicked off of um, Hills Farmstead Edward. Ah, okay. On Edward. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I, I like Edward too. And I like you know what it also reminded me of um, Maine Maine Brewing um, what, lunch lunch a little bit of lunch in there that that kind of okay. juicy feel to it yeah. But if sure. you um, if you give me any IPA that I'm going to drink, it will probably be a Hell's Farm set. If you guys have never been, beautiful. I haven't been to it. I've had Be- plenty of them. Beautiful place. I know. I got to get up there. Gorgeous. It's and in the that middle in Suarez, of Suarez. I got to get to nowhere, bro. Yeah, I know. I, I middle know. of nowhere. It's, you got to just go there. It's not like you're gonna be planning anything and pass through. So I was snowboarding in Killington. I was like, oh, let's just go to um, you know Hills Farmstead. It's in Ver- it's in Vermont, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Like four and a half hours <laughs> northwest, or, yeah. or wherever the hell it was. Plattsburgh borderline kind of crazy. It, it's one of those places, uh, along with. Many of those other ones. Like, I've, I've been to Magic Hat Brewery. I've been to um, uh, Killington. But, yeah, to try to get to those in, like, a family trip to try to travel through, it's tough. But that's why I said Binghamton, to me, I'm, I'm up in Syracuse twice a year. That's my stop, man. I go in there, and I find a bunch of great breweries. Um, and, like I said, we finally got Beer Factory to, to kind of commit to a, a date this year. And I'm excited because, same thing, they're just producing massive amounts of labels, so much beer on the tap list. And uh, a New York State brewery, same same thing as you guys. I, that's that's been the mantra since day one. It's not just you know local here on Long Island, but try to get New York State on the map, which obviously it is. And now we've extended beyond that and just made Northeast kind of our our thing. Um, I really uh, freaking enjoyed every beer we've had tonight. Really appreciate what you guys are doing, and no wonder everyone's talking good stuff about everything you guys have been producing. Yeah, thank you. Greatly appreciate it. So, uh, and again, thanks for having us. I want to um, give you an opportunity uh, and marketing manager, Jake, over there that wants to speak. <laughs> um, your, your camera went out, so we'll hear you, but we may not see you. Uh, I've turned it on three times now. I don't know what the wrong with that thing. Um, but give us a, a little breakdown of contact information, where people can find information about the brewery, what's going on, taproom hours, uh, what people can expect from the experience when they come, all that other good stuff. I'll give you guys the floor. Sure. I mean, the best way to find us, just show on up. I mean, if you know a guy who's been there. <laughs> yeah, Jack knows. Our marketing strategy is no marketing. It's crazy. Okay. <laughs> My best marketing. Just show up. And I, I mean, I don't so really what, do what, much with that. What you know, days? What, what days you guys open? So we're open uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thursday, Friday, 3 to uh, 11. Saturday, 12 to 11. And then Sunday, uh, 12 to 8. So You know, that's a good that's a good formula. I found that. Like, some breweries come open, you know, like Tuesday, Wednesday. But, you know, the cost of opening and operating uh, versus the number of people that may come out doesn't really quite match unless you really have crewed, you know, some big name status. Yeah, at so that. I would love months. to say. Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I would love to say that's the reason that we do it, but right. we are so small that we need to move everything into <laughs> yeah. our tap room area in order to brew, brew beer. Yeah. Right. So our brewing days are normally Monday and Wednesday. Okay. So, uh, you know, like we're always like right up against it, and it's funny because we always say this: is we look at each other uh, Wednesday after brew day, and we're like, God damn it, we, we gotta, gotta clean everything we up and get ready for tomorrow. Open up this place up again. Yeah, oh yeah, God. So. Um, Small so, brewery problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
so the Instagram, the, the Facebook, Twitter, all that other good stuff is out there. Um, website um, is somersetbrewing.com. I think it's... Uh, Pretty sure that's it. Yeah. 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 No spaces. Yeah. No space. Yeah. That's what people tell me. They're like, underscore <laughs> that screws everything up uh gentlemen really appreciate you guys being on uh, again great beer and uh we wish you the best of luck anything before we get out of here anything else you want to mention some big events that are coming up anything planned for the next few months Thank yeah so <laughs> so uh, jack uh jack and tom love uh black and tans they've been <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a black and tan night yes, they have been uh, trying yeah, to just per- tan and black. <laughs> any plans to brew uh, black ipa any uh, recipes somewhere? So that's, a, that's up Tom's alley. Yeah. So, yeah. I love a black IPO. Yeah. Oh, Soon everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In time, everything. Nothing is off the table. Yeah, we're going to have like an offshoot. Tom's basement. And Tom is just <laughs> it's like break. Springdale and uh, what's well, the other one? No, that's, uh, and no, Jack's Abbey. You no, might not uh, come out. Yeah. Yeah. Uber, Uber Geek and um, Synergy Beer Project. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they could just do the crazy stuff two, on Synergy. And, yeah, and then do and the regular Uber stuff on Uber Geek. Well, again, gentlemen, thank you very much for coming in. Uh, Manny, Tom, and Jack uh, from Somerset Brewing Company. Go to somersetbrewing.com and check them out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, awesome, dude. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you guys really so appreciate much. appreciate it. There's yeah. more with Mike, Steve. Shout out Steve. to Connor Kramer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, Shout out yep, to the other team yep, member there. For sure. Um, this is where Mike, Pete, uh, and Steve, GovsRadio.com. Uh, Pete's not with us tonight. Any, uh, yeah. I didn't hear from him this week. Uh, he, so. was, he was at the curling championship. Oh, was he? Yeah, up in, in Norway. Oh, wow. Yeah. I knew he was on vacation with yeah. the family. Yeah, I saw pictures curling. of snow and, and ice and Suppo- skiing. He's and the stone holder. I don't know what that is. He, uh, he holds the stones. Yeah, I don't know. That's pretty much as far as I'm willing to go with that. But, yeah. Uh, our other partner uh, Pete is off doing bigger things than the show jackass and uh, <laughs> uh, really appreciate uh, Steve for uh, pulling the weight again yeah, uh, trying, tonight trying. that's why we put you in the tripod mode uh, Steve any last words before we get on out here yes uh, make sure when you're shoveling outside mm. uh, you bend at your knees bend at your knees Not and you don't that. get a second hernia you don't get a hernia yeah, yeah. this is the word with Mike Pete and Steve GovsRadio.com thanks a lot for joining us check us out uh, in two weeks for our next show and of course our show is available in podcast form on Spotify the Hopped Up Network uh, Amazon Music iHeartRadio iTunes and I think that's it so uh, this is the word with Mike Pete and Steve GovsRadio.com and we out well that's two hours of your life that you'll never get back are you kidding me yeah, yeah. Please hang up and try again. This has been the Words on Govs Radio. I hope you're drunk enough.